0: Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to a uh, Wednesday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Big one today coming off yesterday's announcement of Adam Lowry as the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Your captain will join us on WST first up coming up in just a few minutes. Looking forward to that as well as talking about it the upcoming prospects tournament, as well as training camp just around the corner with Marada Tesh of The Athletic. And we will dive into a little NFL talk with our old pal, Matt Verdaram, now with Sports Illustrated. It should be a great show and it should be a great night. Looking forward to seeing many of you WSTers down with us at Little Brown Jug at seven o'clock to get going with our third installment. Of Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia. We've got a beautiful day. Should be able to do it on the patio, I think. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the first two have been uh, so much fun. And we're looking forward to seeing you again tonight. Um, we've got lots coming up, as I mentioned, Lowry, Atesh, Verderam. Um, and for you podcast listeners, we do have more details on uh, a great response for our Winnipeg Jets four-game Winnipeg Sports Talk ticket package. We'll tell you about that in a little more detail just after Adam Lowry joins the show. But just before we bring in Michael Remus, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this program happen every day. Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Assiniboine Downs, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, and Little Brown Jug, where we'll be tonight our friends at Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Nick & Nikki DQ Group, and of course, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech,
1: and Modern Man Barbershop. Michael Remus, what is up? How's it going? I'm feeling good, Huss. Great day. Wednesday, uh, Sports Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug this evening. Looking forward to seeing everyone. The last Sports Trivia Night, I had a Baseball draft schedule at the same time. So I kind of sat there on a computer. So I'm looking forward to, you know, being more engaging. And um, yeah, we do have, the, you know, the captain coming on his second appearance. He was on with, you were away. It was Brandon who interviewed him. So I'm looking forward to having him back on the program. A lot of great reaction yesterday uh, for some real Jets news as we head into training camp.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, as they say, it'll be great to have Adam um, join us coming up in uh, in a few minutes. Hey, first things before we do anything, we want to give positive vibes, a lot of love to a great friend of the program, Gold Eyes legend Reggie Abercrombie, who, um, you know, as put out by the Gold Eyes earlier today, um, is recovering from suffering A a cardiac arrest prior to giving a lesson in baseball training facility out in Maryland. Uh, I'm just going to read what the Gold Eyes put out. He was ministered CPR on the scene and rushed to hospital uh, on Friday, September the 8th, where his condition has continued to improve each day. Uh, Reggie's undergoing a procedure today to implant a defibrillator, which is used to reduce the risk of future cardiac events. Uh, The GoldEyes organization asked that everyone keep Reggie and his family in their thoughts at this time. We will continue to provide updates on Reggie's recovery as they become available. I know I speak for all GoldEyes fans and WSTers when we're sending much love out to Reggie for a very quick, speedy and full recovery. Um, And of course I had the privilege of being involved in the GoldEyes luncheon a few weeks back in August when Reggie's jersey was retired, got a chance to sit down and talk with him in uh, front of a big crowd down at the Fairmont and interview Reggie. And, um, you know, I, without a doubt, I mean, uh, one of my favorite guys to talk to was one of our favorite dudes to have on the show back on the old station. And um, uh, Remo, from, uh, from all of us, everyone in chat, I'm sure all the podcast listeners as well, just uh, good vibes and a quick recovery to... Uh,
1: The biggest bat we've seen in Goldeye Land in a long time. Yeah, just here, honored, as you said, did the interview. And I looked up 43 years old. That's too young to be having a cardiac arrest. So, wishing Reggie all the best uh, with the procedure and uh, recovery. Um, Nice of the Goldeyes to put that update out because, you know, Reggie's in all our thoughts. And I hope they continue uh, with these updates. I mean, it means a lot to a lot of people here, Reggie. Total legend
0: well uh, for sure and I mean uh, I know you were holding down the show while I did that um, oh, yeah you know a few Fridays ago through the magic of technology but um <laughs> it, it really was uh, it really was a cool event and I mean you saw just how much Reggie was uh, beloved by gold Ice fans both at the event and then at the game uh, at the game that last night. So um first things first, most important get well soon Reggie we're all thinking about you here. Back in, uh, back in Winnipeg. Now, we uh we will probably get into this Mike Babcock stuff later on. we got an absolutely unreal clip from a former player of Mike Babcock that's not necessarily taking sides, but letting everybody know what they're dealing with with this guy from Frankie Carrado. We'll do that a little bit later on in the program. But let's get to a little bit of Jets news today, Remus. And we hadn't talked a lot about this. It seemed like it was inevitable, but it has happened. Declan Chisholm signed a one-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets today, um, $775,000. But it's a two-way deal. And I have to think that the reason this one took as long as it did is that Declan Chisholm, like many other young defensemen in the Jet organization that have had great, great runs with the Manitoba Moose, um, feels like he is ready to be NHL or this year. And if he is, he'll be making the 775, basically the league minimum, but it certainly does open up the possibility that, you know, he could be making an AHL wage again. I'm not sure what that number is, but obviously it's a significant decrease from what you're making in the national hockey league and Chisholm's, um, or Chisholm's situation is, uh, I would say not unique. Vili Hanel would be in a similar one, uh, although Vili is waiver exempt. Declan isn't, and I don't know about you, but I mean I know we talked a lot about him at the draft and kind of pulled some people that you know were in the know. What do you think about Declan Chisholm? Uh, you know, if he was exposed like Johnny Kovacevic was last year, would he get selected? And um, for what it's worth, a number of people said yeah, they thought that he would be. I'm not sure how much things have changed as you go through the summer. Obviously, if there's ever a time you're going to get a guy through waivers, it's right before the start of the season when every team is making tough decisions. But I will say this, it's, if it goes down that way and Declan Chisholm goes through training camp and is put on waivers, like I don't know what that number is, but there would be some risk to potentially losing a young man that has just starred in Manitoba with the Moose, and I think many people would love to see him at some point get a legitimate crack at the at some regular playing time in the National Hockey League before you know a decision is made as to whether he's better off uh, moving on.
1: Yeah, you look at his uh, career hus with the Moose. He's played three seasons. Uh, the Jets put out one hundred and forty AHL games, eighty six points. He was a fifth round pick in twenty eighteen. Hey, yeah, him and I actually have the same. Uh, birth date, Declan Chisholm and I, I. I think we had him on once, and at that time, anyways, anyways, you look at the Jets' defense, and I'm sure Declan Chisholm said, "Hey, I've played, you know, three years in the AHL. I have played all these games. I have put up all these points. I think I've earned a one way deal." And the Jets are probably like, "Well, I mean, may- maybe, but we don't have room for you. You have to have, you know, you have to have a two way deal." And you know, we go back to the famous quote from. Gabe Velarde, when he talked about his last contract where he said where the negotiation was, here's your contract, sign it. And I'm sure for Declan Chisholm, he tried to get that one-way deal and the Jets were like, no, we don't really have room for that. And it's training camp's coming up. You want to go in. You want to make an impact, You don't want to miss camp. And so he signed it and we'll see what happens. Maybe they do try to slip him through waivers. Maybe there's another move because when you look at, you can pull up cap friendly now. Us, I mean, you look like where does he fit in? Um, you have Morrissey, Schmidt, Pionk, Dylan, DeMello, Sandberg. You have six already. Then you have Stanley and Kyle Capobianco. And we always kind of wonder, like, why we were always curious about the Capobianco signing. Oh, yeah, and and yeah, sorry, then you have Hanala also and Chisholm, like, um, non roster, they're down here. And we were curious about the Capobianco signing, not because you know he's been solid when he's come in, but. They just already had so many guys, and it caused them to wave Johnny Kovasevic and lost him. Now, maybe they valued Kaipa over Kovasevic, and all that, you know, we we're able to see into the future. But it is going to be interesting this battle for these the battle for what? The eighth defenseman on the roster. That's the training camp battle. We've the battle got for our the popcorn. Yeah, it's get the your pop-
0: for the popcorn in the <laughs> press box.
1: <laughs> who's get Who's getting that? That so that I mean that's where I it was nice to see that he signed. So now all the RFAs are signed. We went through Velarde, uh, Sandberg, Stanley. Um, uh, who was the other one? Kudin Kupari signed one as well. So, yeah, the Declan Chisholm was the last one. Yeah,
0: the last domino to fall, if you will, and that often happens with players that have absolutely no bargaining power. Um, but. It's going to be a big, big camp for him. Um, The exhibition season, I'm sure, will be huge. Um, Because here's the thing, and this is how he's different than Philly Hanel. Again, he'll be on waivers if he's, you know, not playing for the Winnipeg Jets. Which means that any other team can jump on him um, as long as he's on the NHL roster. So probably the key number for Declan is, you know, that NHL number for this year. He'll have a new contract at the end of the season, but if he can spend significant time in the NHL and prove that he belongs, obviously that next contract's gonna look uh, gonna look a lot better. And I, I, I mean, and at this point, I don't even know what more there is to be said about the um, the blue line for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, there is just uh, there's too many guys and not enough spots. Um, and if you do assume that this team is coming back with that top six of Morrissey. Pionk, Schmidt, Dylan, DeMello, and Sandberg. Um, you know, first of all, it's a fight for that seventh defenseman, Stanley, Capo Bianco, who were the guys that were sort of in and out of the lineup last year. Um, Billy Hanel is going to be in the mix, and, and Declan Chisholm as well is going to be in the mix as well. But um, no, not a lot of easy decisions uh, when it comes to, especially a young man that this team really likes and they put a lot into it. And I do wonder whether the last year with Kovačević is you know a bit of a cautionary tale or just you know basically what happens when you've got nine or ten defensemen you can't keep them all you pick your best guys the ones that think you've got the best chance to win but at the same time I think Chisholm really does um, listen he's shown a lot at that level that you know might translate even better to the National Hockey League um, so I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Um, But it will be incumbent on him to come in, have a great camp, have a great exhibition season, make that difficult decision even harder for the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to setting that final roster. And to his benefit, if he goes out and shows that he's ready for an NHL opportunity, maybe there's a team with a much thinner blue line than the Winnipeg Jets that will take a look at Declan Chisholm and say, this kid can play for us right now, and he gets that chance.
1: Yeah, and I remember he, he's played a couple NHL games. He played two games in 21-22, and I, one of those was against Colorado, where he had a decent role, and you're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. I'd like to see more of this guy, and he's played, probably earned that. He's played very well uh, with the Moose, but they just don't have room, and, and you mentioned Ville Hanala. He's still on an ELC, so they can send him down, and I'm sure he would love that. Uh, just kidding, but uh, this Jets, this, again, the Jets blue line situation we've been saying for, you know, a couple of years now. Well, since, you know, the end of last season, they got to make some room. And they added Cabo Bianco and lost Kovacevic on waivers and really haven't done anything, which I think is a bit of a surprise considering the situation uh, that they're in. And sorry, uh, Chisholm played against at Detroit and at St. Louis. He played 12-10 and 13 13- 44 in those two NHL games. You look good. In I, January I remember 22. us talking
0: about afterwards. Hey, he looked, you know what? Yeah. He did not look out of place at all. Um, and listen, if you've watched the, if you watch the moose over the last couple of years, you'll know what a big part of the team he was. So nice to see that he's signed, sealed and delivered. Now things will be determined on the ice. And of course, in the coaches and the general manager's offices before final decisions are made. For the Winnipeg Jets. All right, Adam Lowry scheduled to join us in just a few minutes. Uh before Adam jumps on, I do wanna thank our friends at Modern Man Barbershop. You wanna you wanna look good? You wanna look like Adam Lowry? although he he did have a funny uh, crack about his first headshot last year when he was on with Sarah Orleski. Um, Bottom line is, if you want to look good, fellas, head on down to Modern Man Barbershops. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road, Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can book your look via modernmanbarber.com. And uh, give them a follow on Instagram as well over at Modern Man Barbershops. Now, summer is unfortunately coming to an end. And with that sort of the end of pool season in and around here, you know, Aquatech are your go-to folks for in-ground and above ground pools. And I have experts that'll help you with financing, pricing it all out. But right now is the time to get on down to Aquatech because in store or online now through September seventeenth is the AquaTech Fall Into Savings Sale, up to thirty percent off everything in stock. If it is in stock, it means it is on sale. So get on down to AquaTech or find out more right now online at Aqua-Tech.ca for their Fall Into Savings Sale right now. Um, Manitoba Battery, ready for the transition the unfortunate transition from the beautiful weather of the last few months to the cold, hard reality of a Winnipeg winter. And um, listen, obviously, you got to take care of everything that you're finishing up for the summer, your boats, your ATVs, motorcycles. When it comes to batteries for any of that, Manitoba batteries got them at the best prices in town. And, of course, as we look ahead, getting ready for winter, how is your car battery, your truck battery? Um, maybe this is a great time to be a little proactive and not wait till it's minus 30 and you're calling Donnie and the gang for an SOS help and a new battery. Best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores, and even better, Manitoba Battery is gonna deliver that sucker to you for free anywhere in the city, inside the perimeter of Winnipeg. With any purchase over 60 bucks, it's that easy. Head on over to ManitobaBattery.com. Pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue if you want to meet them up. And, of course, you can also see them. Uh, give them a phone call and get those batteries going. And, hey, big cheers to all the Bomber fans. Almost drank that stadium out of CC and Ginger on the weekend. What an event that banjo ball was and what a beatdown the Bombers delivered. Um, Bombers will be back. Big game on September 29th against the Argos. And that, of course, will be the return of Andrew Harris. You can maybe cheers Andrew Harris with one of those CC and Gingers and then hope the Bombers lay a beat down on the 10 and 1 Argos. Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, is the official spirit of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pick it up at your local Manitoba liquor marts. And don't forget CC and Ginger, 473 milliliter cans available in six packs and at your local beer store as well. All right. This is going to be awesome. Yesterday was a big, big day for the organization. The Winnipeg Jets 2.0 named their third captain, and it is Adam Lowry. We spent a lot of time talking about it yesterday, and the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets joins us now on WST. Adam, thanks so much for doing this, and uh, congratulations on the big announcement yesterday. You've been around for a long time. You've been a huge part of this hockey club since you became a professional um, and you've done a lot in the Winnipeg community and been a part of it. I, I am interested to know, going through the season last year without a captain, um, when you guys went into the offseason earlier in the summer, was this something that was on your mind? Were you expecting a captain to be named first of all? And um, did you think that you
2: might be the guy? Uh, well, You know, what? I, I think going in with the three A's kind of into the offseason, I didn't. You know, foresee necessarily that there was going to be changes made. I think sometimes, you you see the stories on the media, and you know, there's so many teams in the NHL without without captains. It's only a matter of time before they, you know, whether they kind of make a move to designate someone captain or go throughout the season. And you know, it wasn't until um, middle of August I had a, a conversation with Bones that the they wanted to name a captain and I, I was one of the candidates and there, there was potential there and just to give us some thoughts. And, you know, that was kind of the, the first time that I thought, you know, it, it could become a reality or that they were even necessarily thinking about uh, naming a captain before training camp. And um, we, we had the meeting on, on Saturday and uh, they, they asked if I'd be willing to, to accept and, Uh, you know, obviously it was a tremendous honor and it's something I'm really looking forward to. And so yesterday was a busy day, but it it was a great day. It was a very proud moment for my family.
0: You, uh, Adam, you've always been uh, uh, clearly a leader on this team, um, even as a younger player. And a lot of people, you know, as the age of the team changed and you had you know, some older, more veteran players who were bringing in some younger players, people around the team, you know, we've talked about it, have always talked to you as sort of being a, a lot of spot your your role in the team as being somewhat of a bridge builder, being a connection from some of those younger players to maybe some of those older players. Um, maybe if you can expand on that a little bit and how that may play into your role of, of trying to create a, a, a culture where everyone feels a part of the team um, and the team is better off for it.
2: Yeah. I, you know what I, I think for, for whatever reason, I've been able to get along with you know, pretty much everyone I've, I've played with. And, you know, I, I think it helps, uh, you know, we all share a lot of similar interests and things like that. And, you know, I, you definitely want a, a tight knit team and, uh, with a lot of cohesiveness and, know part of that's relating to to younger guys part of that's relating to some of the older guys and and things like that and you know you don't kind of get designated into you know one small group or or another I think we we do a great job of that in Winnipeg and you know a lot of guys switch up who they go for dinner with on the road you know you don't just have the same four guys hanging out every day I think that's important you get to know your teammates Uh, you get to build those relationships and uh, you know, I, I think from a competition standpoint, you're going to compete a lot harder if, if you care a lot more for your teammates, you know, if they're your friends and, you know, you have those strong relationships. So cultivating those off the ice is certainly important and making everyone feel like their voice is valued, their, their impact on the team is valued is also critical. I think you know whether you play five minutes or you play 25 minutes, you know, you're going to we all have the same goal in mind, and you know that's winning the Stanley Cup. We all have the same goal in mind—that's making the the playoffs. And you know it's kind of important that you keep pulling on the same rope.
0: Uh, Captain of the Winnipeg Jets, Adam Lowry, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Training camp coming up next week; season just around the corner. Um, Adam, you've always been a guy. I mean, listen—you had an A, and you were part of that leadership group to begin with, and probably had many of those captain's duties. Already on your plate. Um, now that you are the C, how much does your role change this year, and is there any one area or, uh, of the of the job, if you will, as captain, um, that you know maybe is more prominent than others, or things that the coaches and you know have talked to you, and general manager, of course, talked to you, that you know is part of the gig that maybe wasn't really on your plate before as one of the clear leaders of the Jets.
2: Well oh, I, I think the great thing you know, with, with our team and our our team makeup is we've got a, a lot of really strong leaders and uh, they all have different personalities. They all lead in different ways. I don't think, you know, necessarily my role is going to, going to change a whole lot. I might have to take a few more ceremonial face-offs where we're we're not going to do the rotation, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think even just talking to some of the guys that a lot of them and their messaging was, you know, you don't change who you are as a player or as a person, that's kind of why they look to me in some instances. And, you know, that's also why I, I look to them. I think it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to lean on, lean on other guys for their support and their leadership as much as they'll lean on me for mine. So. Uh, I think we just dropped out and we'll see if we can get that connection back in uh, just a second
0: ream and uh, bring it out. Nice to see all the, uh, all the comments in the chat. A lot of love for the new captain and a lot of uh, congratulatory messages to, uh, to Adam. Normally we do it in a bit of a different spot, but Adam was kind enough to squeeze us in before an appointment at two. That's why he's doing it on the uh, on the on the horn. Um, one thing I do want to ask, Adam had to body check his phone. <laughs> uh, that, is, uh, that, is, uh, that is funny. I mean, lots of stuff. And there's Howard Ginn, my guy, love from Doha. What's going on in Doha today, uh, Howard? What time is it there? It is probably, if I remember correctly, about 11.30 at night. Uh, 10 hours ahead from uh, from all those shows we did during the uh, during the World Cup coming up back. But um, uh, Remo, I'm sure you'd agree. I mean, uh, overall, and again, this is a conversation that we've been having for a while. Um, you know, two pretty awesome options for the Winnipeg Jets. Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey and, Uh, I think that regardless of which one of those two players was announced the captain, this was going to be a pretty popular choice.
1: Oh, yeah. I think you'd you'd be cheering uh, either way. And, uh, you know, we've been going over the reasons for each and both very worthy captains. But Adam Lowry coming out, I don't know, the the winner, I guess, in the battle for the Jets captain. I I enjoyed the comment. Um, Does anything change? He said, well, probably taking a couple more ceremonial face-offs, because I remember last season, every time there was one, you'd be like, oh, who's taking the face-off? He mentioned (laughs) rotation. I think I remember Morrissey taking one, Lowry took one, I think Wheeler probably took one, Uh, and you're just like, oh, what does that mean? Who is it? And we know it was a rotation now, so. Hey, podcast listeners, we had a little visit from the WST
0: Audio Gremlin on Adam Lowry's connection, and unfortunately, he was in and out, and we lost him um, so, we didn't get to as much as we wanted to with the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. He's very kind and said that he uh, apologized and will be back with us on Friday. So, if you want more from Winnipeg Jets captain Adam Lowry, be sure to listen to the podcast or join us live on YouTube on Friday's show. Jets in good hands with the new captain. Although we may need to work on uh, better, although hey, he is going to a meeting room. I'm not sure where the cell phone, uh, the uh, the the cell connection is. Some some places better than others, um, but um, it wasn't a smooth one. But hopefully, the season and the captaincy will be smoother than his first visit on WST today.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. We tried tried our best, uh, but thanks for Adam. Thanks, Adam, for spending the time. A lot of questions. You know, he was done. He was here in the car last time he was on this show. He was on the car on Kenny and Randy yesterday. A lot of questions. Does Adam live in his car? And, I mean, it's always in the afternoon, in between appointments. So very nice of him uh, to squeeze it in.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So, listen, uh, as I said, we'll hopefully reconnect with the captain in the next few days as we get closer to training camp and uh, get into a little bit more that uh, we weren't able to today. Um We're going to talk about this more with Marana Tesh coming up in about ah, 15 minutes or so. But, Remo, why don't we get into this Mike Babcock story? And by the way, people are wondering about all the smoke downtown right now. Apparently, the the Windsor Hotel is burning. And I'm not sure the Windsor Hotel survives this one. Um, So, obviously, hopefully no one is hurt right uh, there and they get everyone out of that. I'm not really too sure how many... People are living in that place or uh, are there right now. But if you're wondering what uh, the uh, the sirens, the smoke and everything downtown, that's what it is. Um, so um, certainly people downtown are in that that segment. But, Remo, let's get into this Mike Babcock thing before Murat joins us. Now, uh, this broke sort of at the end of the show yesterday. And we sort of mentioned uh, we played Biz's... Uh, B- Paul Biz- um quote from the Spit and Chicklets uh, about using Mike Babcock, of basically, you know, the way he described it was more like players need to hand over their phones, and he went through their phones ostensibly to see pictures of their family, but to see what sort of people they are. Obviously, a, an invasion of privacy, if that's the way that it went down, that I think would turn a lot of people off. The Blue Jackets, through their PR department, put out a statement refuting the way that that was presented, including a statement from captain Boone Jenner, who was the player that was sort of mentioned in it. But I will say this, that really didn't end it at all because both Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonnette doubled down on what they've said, Said they'd heard it from a number of players. No surprise to anyone. Mike Commodore came off the top rope With his own video, and Mike Commodore, for those that maybe are unaware, has been one of the longest public critics of Mike Babcock. But it's quite clear, Mike Babcock's got a lot of people out there that, and I don't use the word hate very often, but seem to hate that guy's guts. And uh, what a situation for the Blue Jackets to be in before they even open training camp, coming off that miserable season with their new young stud, Adam Fantilli, in the mix. Um, and Mike Babcock is the new coach in CBUS.
1: Yeah, it was fascinating yesterday seeing the initial report from the Spit and Chicklets podcast. And then, you know, seeing what you would expect, the Blue Jackets uh, refute it and, you know, putting out a statement with Babcock and Boone Jenner saying, no, no, it was just a nice thing. Uh, he asked to see pictures of his family. It wasn't like, hey, come my office. Let's go through your phone. I want to see your pictures. I want to see uh, what kind of guy you are. You know? They were saying it wasn't like that, and then, but I was very surprised that they didn't back down. Uh, Paul Bissonnette, uh, Mike Commodore, Ryan Whitney. They were saying, "No, no, no. This is, you know, they're going to put out this denial, but we're saying this is how it happened." I have players, sources who have said this, and it's probably going to go away. But it, a lot of conversation. I'm surprised at the amount of conversation, especially in Toronto, after you know Babcock coached there, and there were reports of um, some of the stuff that went on with him. And Mitch Marner, so uh, curious to see how the Blue Jackets. I mean, they have to have a big season, hus They had a miserable year last year. You know, they signed Johnny Goodrow. You know, a couple years ago, they made the line A trade. Uh, Zach Warensky injury uh, really, you know, sunk them. I thought last year. I mean, after that, but they have some, you know, big prospects. I see Alan Walsh. Speaking about David Juracek, pretty much. I don't. You know, he's what third overall pick. S is that. Is that what a was. Uh, uh,
0: was your check that high?
1: <laughs> or was he fifth? I don't remember. But either way, Alan Walsh is putting it out there. So. Um, okay.
0: What was Walsh? I, I missed. And Walsh always likes to say, hey, don't forget about me, everybody. I've got some. No, just to say.
1: sorry. I'm just saying during the summer, he just loves putting out uh, stuff about his players. So I yep. haven't seen anything him uh, put on that. But I'm just saying the Blue Jacks need to have a big season because they were like last last year and they got Adam Fantilli. So they're in, I think they're well positioned, but. Uh, you know, Babcock at training camp has even started us and you have these negative reports, but they seem to have been denied by, uh, by the blue Jackets.
0: No doubt about it. We've got a good clip of uh, Frankie Corrado to do it. Hey, listen, speaking of the jets and let me get into this right now. Cause I know we've got a lot of people in here and Marat's coming up next. Um, shout out to everyone that has jumped on the Winnipeg sports talk four-game pack for the upcoming Jets season. Um, a, amazing response. Now, we had planned this, and just to give a quick synopsis, if you've missed us talking about it right now, we picked four awesome games um, for this upcoming season. We've got a section, my personal, well, not my personal section, but the section where I've sat in since 2011, which I absolutely love, in the corner, Zamboni end, Jets attack zone in first and third period, section 316. Four games. Four games. The return of Dubois on the seventeenth of October with the LA Kings, McDavid and the Oilers on a Thursday night at the end of November, the Leaf game Saturday night, January twenty seventh, and then Friday night in or sorry Thursday night in April against the Calgary Flames, what well, could be a huge game depending on where things shake out for the playoffs. We have had such a great response for we had four rows selected in section three sixteen. And we're basically just about over. I think there was a couple left yesterday. So we have added some more. We've got a couple more rows across the aisle in Section 317. Now, part of what this ticket uh, includes, A, you're going to get a beer or a drink or a pop or a water at every game, and that'll be executed through your Jets app. But we're also going to have early access for everyone to come in for a little WST get-together before these games. Uh, we're going to have a cup you know some neat raffles might do a contest or two we'll have a few things to give away but a good place to kind of go set up shop right there in that bar outside the section obviously the doors will be open everyone will be able to join us after 6 p.m for a seven o'clock game but it'll be a great spot to get together meet some of the people you know at chat and uh, uh, maybe get some chance and whatnot ready for the visitors that evening so very simply If you haven't already, check out the information on it and jump on it before those seats are gone. Um, There's a link at winnipegsportstalk.com. Just click on it. It'll take you right there. There's a link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube right now. Um, But thank you to everyone that has already jumped on the WST pack. We are so excited for this. And I think it's just a continuation of... Some of the events that we've done, a sold-out sports trivia night tonight at Little Brown Jug. Um, obviously, our Gold Eyes night was amazing. We had over 100 people that joined us. Um, but I think a lot of people were in a position where maybe they had a piece of seats beforehand and for whatever reason uh, didn't. Um, a lot of people want to support the team in some ways and can't do season tickets or half the year. Hook up with us four times, 375 bucks, taxes in, You can do it in five payments of $75 if you want. You can pay the spot right there. And we got four of the best games in what should be a really, really fun crew of Winnipeg Sports Talkers. So uh, for more information, you can hit us up. If you have any questions other than that, just hit that link. Go there and get the special edition Winnipeg Sports Talk four-game pack. And we'll look forward to having some fun with you all at the games coming up this week. I think, by the way, we are going to reschedule Adam. Uh, He was apologetic about that schedule. I think what
1: we're going to shoot for Friday for that reason. So I got a text message from Scott Brown from the Jets, and he said, Adam's telling me the call didn't work. And I was like, Yeah, you know what? It's fine. I mean, we've encountered just about everything on this show. I mean, I'm not nobody's fault. Technology, like, it sucks sometimes. Sometimes things work. Sometimes. They don't, and you have no idea why. And he says, uh, Adam can hop on again Friday round two if that works. He's apologizing profusely, according. (laughs) Like, what a great guy, Adam. What a great. Captain material. That's Captain.
0: Captain material right there. Not his fault
1: at all. So apologetic. So so it's confirmed two o'clock on Friday. Uh, We'll have to move. Move, we'll move figure th- it out. Move Ken around and figure out where everything's gonna go Friday. But he's good back for two. We'll, we'll make sure we'll it just works.
0: Ask, we'll just ask Ken to give us an update on the second line center and then bring Lowry on and not tell him. And yeah. by the time Lowry thing's done, we'll go back and he'll be just wrapping it
1: up. Yeah, so he'll be back. Um again, that that's unfortunate. And Murat is that... he and Murat's texting me. He's at the at the Young Stars. They're skating uh today. As well, so
0: oh, excellent, and excellent. So he'll so come we'll look up. Uh, that. He'll
1: come up shortly. So that's by the, the way, Lowy by update. the
0: way, that was a little bit of a fun shot at our pal Kenny, um, for his epic answer earlier this summer that will live on forever in Winnipeg sports talk history. But I was gonna wait. I didn't know when he was putting this out. Um, but some big congratulations are in order to Ken, and frankly, the Winnipeg Free Press. Because the free press is getting a good one. Ken has officially left Sportsnet and has joined the Winnipeg free press as Jets beat reporter um, along with Mike. And Mike tweeted that er- er- earlier today. Of course, Hammer going to be a big part of that operation as well and their entire crew there. So, um, you know, I- I'll say this. I mean, and listen, the free press has been sort of the paper of record here for a long, long time. Oh, we've got great friends over at the Sun as well, but to see what is happening in sports media everywhere else, and to see the free press add um, someone like Ken—that's just fantastic news for uh, for readers, for subscribers, um, and for sports fans here. So shout out to Ken! I know you took uh, you took some shrapnel there as a shot for me, but that was a joke, and we are super happy for you, and cannot wait to see Kenny. On Friday as we come up. Alright, as we mentioned, Murat is going to join us in the next little bit on the program. Um, well, why don't we uh, thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market before we get Matt uh, Marat on. Uh, folks, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too, make it fresh and get on down to one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. Now, Listen, I think everyone would agree the shopping experience going in, and you know seeing everything that's there, no real substitute for that. But if you're familiar with the things that you want, uh, MyVita.ca, fully shoppable website, and right now, they've got local delivery. And you know what's better than local delivery? How about free local delivery? Right now, when you place an order. You can get free local delivery by using the discount code LOCALSHIP. All one word, LOCALSHIP. Details are on the website. And, um, you know, obviously they've got incredible grass-fed beef and bison steaks for the barbecue of delicious non-alcoholic drinks for, uh, you know, parties and hosting like Santa Cruz lemonade and sober carpenter beer. And, uh, hey, if you've been active this summer and the joints and muscles are sore, Try something like Health Cure Cumin Supreme Extra Strength. It helps ease pain and inflammation, and you only take it once a day. Vita Health Fresh Market. Use that promo code LOCALSHIP for free local delivery while time it lasts. Empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations. And again, that website is myvita.ca. Well, so we get into fall. Our friends at Wallace & Wallace have been so busy being the leaders in fencing. But don't forget about what they do for Winnipeggers and Manitobans when it comes to overhead doors. And it's not just new overhead doors, maintenance and repair as well. Your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to your summer fun. And it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts way more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace, 452-2700. To book your inspection and maintenance service call today. I know Remus had one of those last year and worked out very well for him. For residential and commercial overhead door sales and service, there's only one name or two you need to know. And that's Wallace and Wallace. Hey guys, fall is coming. The wardrobe's changing. If you looked in your closet and go, damn, I need to up that menswear heading into fall, well... What you need to do is head on over to see Alex, Andrew, and the gang at F Apparel. F Apparel has it all for men, including custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties, and that is huge. If you are in a wedding party or having your big day coming up next year, talk to them about getting the guys looking great for the big day in suits that they can wear long beyond the big day. Pop by and see them. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street. You can make an appointment or find out more online at ephapparel.com. Hey, big shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ. Summer blizzard flavors are still going, folks. And uh, hey, listen, we're hitting 20 degrees probably through the rest of the week. Get the family together and get on down to one of four Nick and Nicky locations. DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's, DQ Niverville. And for those of you in and around the Niverville area, don't forget the brand new PETA pit is open now as well. Nick and Nicky PP, if you will. I'm not sure if they have the acronym for that yet, but um, quick, healthy, delicious, fast, and they do great catering as well. If you want more information on catering, give them a buzz or hit them up on X at PETA Pit Niverville. Um, Remo, you just mentioned Rockdown at the Young Stars Skate. Uh, yeah, the youngsters are in town right now and getting a few runs here with the coaching staff before heading out to Penticton along with our uh, pal Jamie Thomas who will be there bringing a bunch of content back
1: for uh, Jets on the Jets TV channels. Yeah, you think... <laughs> I was going to say, you think the coaching staff asked to see the pictures on their phone from from the summer, but that's... I think we that was the last, seg- last segment. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward. We're going to see players in Jets jerseys. Uh, Colby Barlow uh, going to get a look at whom, him. Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius. And I'm curious if there is going to be a player who is at this Young Stars, maybe has a bit of an extended stay at training camp. I remember Brad Lambert last year in that uh, preseason game. I mean, watching him skating, uh, flying down the wing, you know, cutting to the middle. Uh, what was he on? Was he on a three on three overtime? Oh, before, that was that before? shift was incredible. He was dazzling. So, and he had a strange year last year. Uh, what he was here, then what he's in the world, juniors, then what come back and then go to WHL and really had a lot of success. And another guy who had success in WHL last year, Chaz Lucius, who just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And it's a new year, and good for those guys. We do have the. The Young Stars games in Penticton streamed on WinnipegJets.com, so we'll get a good look. I'll have to uh, get it on, get them on my TV, and our first dose of hockey. I don't know does Coolbet have Young Stars?
0: I, I, yeah, I'm line. not sure. I'm not sure whether we're <laughs> going to be betting on any of the Young Stars games out in Penticton. Tell you what, though, before we bring in Marat Tesh of the Athletic, um, it's a perfect segue into a great "Why Not?" question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. why not question the day as what player, and Remus just mentioned, it'll be interesting to see if there's a player that is playing in this Young Stars tournament that ends up earning an extended stay at camp well into the preseason. Um, who is that player? Um, do you think it's Colby Barlow? Do you think it's Brad Lambert? Chaz Lucius? Maybe Elias Salmonson? Let us know in the chat the player you think has the opportunity or will force the hand of a little of the Winnipeg Jets to keep them around a little bit longer, even if they're not in the opening day lineup. Let us know in the chat for the why not question of the day. Speaking of those young stars, uh, they're on the ice and Murata Tesh of The Athletic is at the rink and joined us now from the uh, Hockey for All Center. What's up? How are you?
3: Yeah, that's doing well, doing happy to be back at the ring with some excited young players, some NHL um, talent on the horizon and some honest-to-goodness competitive hockey this weekend coming up.
0: Yeah, what the, what's the what's the scene around there? Um, how many players are out there? I guess they just probably got in, or I'm not sure if they're already on the ice right now. And I imagine, imagine there's that fun early September feeling where hockey is back, and uh, obviously before the vets get on the ice, the rookies and the prospects do first and a um, couple practices in and then uh, they'll be off to BC.
3: They've actually just gone off the ice. They were billed as a 1 p.m. start, but they started just a little bit in advance of that. So if you're coming down here uh, tomorrow, get here early. Uh, you know, that's good advice for most camp-related things. Sometimes it's not to the minute. So they've just wrapped and I've come to you from talking with Chaz Lucius, who is centering a line with Chibrikov and Colby Barlow, that looks like it should have plenty of offensive punch heading into the tournament. Um, he seems pretty excited. He seems happy and healthy and ready to put injury troubles behind him. So that was an exciting conversation. And uh, and really, I think the vibe is just positivity and, and optimism heading into what should be a fun time for these guys. I got to say, maybe it's because, of course, we were both there at the draft and got a chance to meet him
0: personally and talk to him after he was selected and then learn more about him. Um, he like listen. The Jets have a number of exciting prospects, including Rucker. Of course, is not here because he's going to the University of Michigan. But there was something about Colby Barlow both that, like at the draft, that I mean, listen. I imagine everyone's exciting, but he had that level of energy and energy that we actually compared to Rucker McGrory. That that really really stood out. I can't imagine what he was like. Um, you know, he's been to the rookie camp, and now it's time to really get going and. I'm try and get after it. I imagine he uh, was all smiles and that maybe
3: even more juiced up than he was after a long day of getting picked uh, back in Nashville. 100%. You know, I just passed him in the hallway actually on my way to, to, to set up here. And I think that especially in a, in a rookie camp capacity and at Penticton where there might be a little bit more space from time to time, there's going to be breakdowns from time to time. Um, and you're looking for guys you know, this isn't going to win him an NHL job here and now, but you're looking for guys that have that next level skill of any kind. And you know, Brad Lambert, that would be his speed. Chaz Lucius, maybe his vision. And for Colby Barlow, it's that release, the way that he can set up his shot and where the way the puck comes off of his stick, it's incredible. And the way that he, you know, tore up the OHL in terms of scoring is well incredible. The the has got an incredible shot, and I think that playing on a line with two very, very good players. And Lucius and Chibrikov should both have success in the AHL this year. Should put him in some spots to let that thing go. Chibrikov, too, he's got quite the release on him. And I think that that's going to be exciting, just to see these guys do what they can do best, bring the best versions of themselves, and he's one of them. Um. Uh,
0: was uh, Was my guy Elias out there, who will be walking with Elias? That's a WWE reference for everyone in chat <laughs> that doesn't know what we're talking about. But... um. Uh. He, to me, is the most intriguing defense prospect right now in the organization. I know he's got a spot in Sweden. We were just talking earlier, and maybe we'll get to this with the contract signing of Declan Chisholm. It's a pretty pretty busy group looking for playing time in the NHL. But tell you what, based on what we saw earlier this summer when he was here, uh, him wearing a Jet jersey and some game action I think is going to be uh, really, really interesting for a lot of fans. And I would imagine a lot of people in the organization as well.
3: Yeah, this is a guy who has come from a, a ways back to basically become I think he's the player the defenseman at least part of me the defenseman who Winnipeg views as its top defensive prospect and for a guy drafted at 50 sorry 55th overall in 2022 that's an impressive pull. Um how has he done it? He just turned 19 two weeks ago August 31st. Um this is going to be a second pro season uh in for for Uh, An SHL team, Skelleftea, that's just dominant. He's playing a substantial role for them. His metrics look good on the third pair. They're not really having to shelter him too badly or anything to that effect. That was the case last season into the playoffs. He was excellent as well. And for a guy that young to have that kind of pro success against men on a good team in a good league and go as deep into the playoffs as they did, there's a lot of reasons to be excited by him. He's a smooth skater. He makes good decisions with the puck. He distributes it well. And I'm I'm just hoping that if he doesn't blow your socks off in the next few games, if you're observing, you're wondering why is there so much hype around this guy. You know, Hustle and Rob, we're always talking about him. I write about him, all that sort of stuff. And he doesn't go off for multiple points a game or something to that effect. Just respect that this is not necessarily the same type of hockey as a pro game. Um, and things might not open up for him, and the reads that he makes might not be the same as he does at that at that next level against men. I think he could impress, um, but I think that his long term ceiling is what's impressed people the most uh, in Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, we touched on Barlow and of course Elias, but um, I mean uh, Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius, getting another crack, a little more experience. Had both had really wild years playing on a number of different teams, and of course, particularly in um, Lucius's uh, case. You know, unfortunately going through some significant injuries, um, but not without making a major impact when they were in the lineup wherever they were. Um, what do you make of um, of Chaz's situation as well as Brad and their opportunities to come in and really sort of take that next step to being full-time pros and getting that much closer to the bigs?
3: Yeah, you know, the best analogy I would have for these guys is that first full season that uh, that Kyle Connor and Jack Roslovic played in the AHL where They were allowed to grow into themselves and be real impact players, put up a fair bit of points. Uh, You know, Connor made the leap pretty early on the following season, and then Rosovic wasn't too far after him. And I I don't want to put pressure on these guys to be Kyle Connor because his offensive uh, resume is absolutely incredible. Um, But it is that stage. It's time to claim an AHL job, not just show up. Well, they didn't just show up. They put so much effort into it. But not just be one of the guys on that team put up a few points and, you know, in 15, 20 games or what have you, whatever it was. But they need to be so impactful that they're counted on for big minutes, big situations, and they're productive at that level. That, for me, goes for Chad Lucius. It goes for Croft to a lesser degree. It definitely goes for Brad Lambert. This is the year that they're meant to show us that they can pop in a top six level um, for the Moose at the very least. And... Lucius, it's funny, I, I, I think it was Paul Friese who was asking him, like, hey, you must be pretty darn sick of talking about your injury history at this point. And he's like, yeah, you know what, i, I got to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm pretty sick of it, Lucius said. And then he fired off like five questions in a row about his injury history, and I thought Lucius was phenomenal and game um, for that. His seasons have ended to knee injury, ankle injury, soldier, shoulder injury in the last three years. That's got to stop for this guy to to achieve his potential. He's got to have a healthy run get his confidence back and really feel like the best version of himself.
0: I guess on a good thing it was never the same thing. So I mean it's not <laughs> like it was one thing it was over and over again. Listen, you guys had some really really bad luck, but you know, I think about his experience of the World Juniors and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he had 15 points in 6 games in the Western Hockey League before that shoulder injury. So um was making an impact, and now the job will be to make an impact, stay healthy, get ready for training camp. Um, <clears throat> listen, I want to get back to the big club in a minute, but just while we're talking about this, uh, one more on the prospects camp. Dom DiVincentius and Thomas Milich, the two goaltenders, what do you think? I mean, they're at different stages right now, one's finished junior hockey, one isn't. Um, what do you think? Um, on deck, I guess, for both of those, and How important is this next little while going to be for the upcoming season? I would suggest probably much more for one than the other.
3: Yeah, and for me, that's Thomas Millich. And, you know, he made a statement out here today because he's got a Manitoba Moose mask on. That's tough to say. Manitoba Moose mask for Millich. Um, (laughs) uh, I saw that tweet earlier. Someone tweeted. Anyway. So he's he's basically saying like look I'm I'm here I'm ready I'm ready to be pro I'm ready to take that step in my career and for me I think that he's got a lot on the table here because if he can show that level there is uh, you know there is work available for the Manitoba Moose right now I don't think anybody wants to be the goalie that goes down to the ECHL even though tremendous goalies have played in that league including Vezina winners cup winners etc the ECHL is an interesting goaltending powerhouse because a lot of times teams don't have enough room for everybody. Um, but clear the, clearly the player is not going to want that. So, you know, in a battle that could come between him, Salmanin, Colin Delia, you know, there's there's going to be competition. And I think that Milic getting off on the right foot here could do a could do him a world of good in terms of cementing himself as capable of, of being a Moose guy and then sort of starting his career at the highest possible um, non-NHL level.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, you got Salman in and then, I mean, I guess the big question right now, um, you know, Delia has some NHL experience. He certainly would be established at the AHL level. You know, how many games or how you would split that? If if Millich was the other guy, is he the organizational, <clears throat> excuse me, is he the organizational priority who plays more than a veteran that might be ready to go? Or does the organization feel like, listen, you're going to be splitting time with another guy that's pretty good. Or you can go down and play 55, 60 games and basically get tons of pro experience. Like, I know what the young man probably wants to do. He wants to play at the highest level and be as close as he can be to the National Hockey League. But there are pros and cons of both sides. And maybe not as many forwards that have come out of ECHL time, but there's plenty of examples of goaltenders that have played there for
3: significant periods of time on their way to the National Hockey League. Yeah, and you know, I I hope I mean Braden Holtby would be a good example of one. I think Tim Thomas was another one. Like I went through the list at one point, and it was exceptional. And it's because guy because guys end up on teams where there's only two or three jobs at each, you know, at the NHL and then the AHL. But they've got good prospects, and there is no way that a young man who has the opportunity to play down the hall from the Jets in the same building as an NHL club be around all of those same developmental coaches and everything like that is going to necessarily take an ECHL assignment as a win the first time that it's mentioned to him. But that's why Winnipeg went out and established an ECHL partnership, the opportunity to have a little bit of influence and a little bit of control over priority prospects, like Milich clearly would be for them. And I think that if he does get that assignment, and I think it's possible at least for short stretches at the minimum, um, I'm with you. I think that Playing time for him is absolutely far and away the most important thing. You know, if he's playing 20 games for the Moose, I don't think it's as impactful as 65 in, in, in a good ECHL program.
0: Murana um, Tesh with us. So we'll get to Adam Lowry in a minute, and we kind of finish that and talk more about the big club. But the other news today was the uh, contract to Declan Chisholm. This is a two-way deal. Um, I mean, listen, whatever he got, whether it's seven seventy-five, 800 grand, I mean, that, that was, we knew it was going to be right around there. And Revis jokingly said, we reminded of Gabe Velarde when he joined us uh, earlier this year after coming here and we were asking about his contract. He said, well, last year was a little different. They sort of just hand it to you and go here, sign it. Um, I'm not sure whether that was the situation with Declan, but it did certainly take longer than just about everything else. Um, What do you make of the fact that it is a two-way deal and his situation not being waivers exempt coming into training camp for a spot on the Winnipeg Jets with a very, very packed defensive depth
1: chart?
3: Yeah, I got to start with, like, if you're, you know, my generation or older, you remember when two-way contracts meant that, you know, they didn't need to be on waivers to go down, and we all know that's not the case anymore, so... Two-way, it's just a different salary um, if he plays for the Manitoba Moose. I think Ken Wee was the first to report that I think it's a $90,000 Manitoba Moose salary if he if he goes down, whereas if he is in the NHL, that's 775 k And that's a big difference for the player. And my guess is, if there's a reason why there was any holdup at all, it was probably the number attached to what his AHL salary would be. That's my best guess, or else it wouldn't be. Just that here's what the terms are for a guy with your experience. Um, at, at this point in his career, um, but I think the big question mark on everybody's mind with Declan Chisholm is what kind of camp would he have to have to make the Winnipeg Jets clear a spot for him? Um, he's lost that waivers exemption. We saw what happened to Jonathan Kovacevic a year ago, and the success he had with Montreal after being claimed. And I think there's some fear in Jetsland that maybe Chisholm would be claimed if waived and. That um, for a team that prides itself on drafting and development, that had got to hurt at least a little bit. Um, You know, as proud as they'd be to say, hey, we're happy that he's having success somewhere else, I I think that you want to keep your guys that you put so much time and development into. Um, And it just points us back at that NHL logjam.
0: Well, and and, and, I mean, listen, I mean, uh, you know, we were both there in Nashville. That was a guy that I know we both kind of poked around and asked, you know, hey, would this guy this guy clear waivers and there was a lot of people that said no they thought that he'd be picked up and i I mean listen i I will say this for the record i will be shocked if it goes that way if it just there's no changes and he comes in in camp and they put him on waivers and send him down to the manitoba moose and for the second year in a row they lose a drafted player because there's no room And, and it would be an extra shame with him i think in that he has shown a lot of promise at the American Hockey League level and to lose a prospect like that without ever getting any real opportunity outside of those two games that he was called up I believe a couple seasons ago to play in the NHL um, does seem contrary frankly to what the team is trying to build but Murad I mean right now looking at reading the tea leaves um, it's pretty hard to imagine that not happening and then that's another significant risk of potentially losing, you know, a player that may have a bright NHL future, and I'm sure you know, different people have different opinions on it, and the most important ones are obviously in that uh, those offices downtown but, um, it, it, it is very similar to what happened last year
3: Yeah, 100% it's, it, it's similar, and you're right, like you know, I remember Nashville and poking around, and you know, I think a lot of people seem to think that he would get claimed Um, I... I wonder with Winnipeg, if they have any opportunity to maybe change their tack in terms of the timing of putting him on waivers. I wonder how disappointing this would be for him as a person, but what if he were a relatively early cut compared to his ability level in an attempt to time a day when waivers was absolutely chock full of players or some sort of strategic thinking on that, uh, in that regard? Um, Because, I mean, what else could possibly happen to solve this issue? I mean, Winnipeg can make a proactive trade, move veterans off of a team that is promising that it's trying to win now, how are you going to sell Connor Halibut and Mark Shifley on, hey, we're doing everything we can to win if you move a capable veteran with a bad contract just to clear him out? Like, that's not a win-now move necessarily. Um, Somebody could get hurt, but that's a bad way to solve a problem, I think, that's not necessarily so proactive. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. It almost reminds me, And I guess this is a good argument in favor of holding on to guys as long as you can. But a couple of years ago, Dylan Sandberg, I mean, he got hurt very early on in camp. And ironically, I think it was Jonathan Kobasevich he crashed into. But at that camp, Sandberg could have had the greatest camp of his life. And there were too many players in front of him. Look how good he is now. Look at how solid he is on that third pair and how I think a lot of people believe he can step into that second pair. You want to hold on to guys like that if you can. And uh, yeah, I... I can't guarantee what Chisholm's outcome on waivers would be, but I, you know, I'll be kind of nervous as a fan of uh, some of the play, some of his characteristics as a player, um, that Winnipeg could lose him that way. I mean, the only scenario where I could see him being on the
0: roster, uh, I guess, at the beginning of the season, barring some sort of a trade, would be Billy Hanley gets waived to the Moose which I think is probably likely to happen regardless, just for all the same reasons that we're talking about the logjam for Declan Chisholm. And they make a decision that they don't want to even risk moving him, and they end up waving Capo Bianco, um, who potentially goes to the Moose, plays on an NHL deal, because he's got a one-way deal this year. It was a two-way last year, I believe, but it is a one-way this year, and have Declan Chisholm as part of the top seven or top eight. I mean, Logan Stanley... I get, you know, again, potentially a move could happen with one of those players. But like, even if he's on the roster and you don't lose the asset, outside of significant injuries, Murad, it's pretty hard to see a path to him playing regularly at all at the National Hockey League level right now with the other guys that are there.
3: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the honest truth, isn't it? And, you know, um, I guess it's a shame to see players end up at that at that particular spot and the, the timing of it and all of that. I mean, if you're Winnipeg, I guess you can make the argument you got bigger fish to fry and, you know, a franchise goaltender and, uh, you know, a number one center to sort out the futures of all of that sort of stuff. But he's a player that will have value um, at least at the AHL level, but probably for an NHL team someday. My strongest impressions of him come from Manitoba Moose in the playoffs. I think it was two playoffs ago, pardon my grammar, um, where he was their best all-around defender in my mind in the few games that I saw. And I, I just had, I have so much time for what he can grow into as a player. Uh, and, and I definitely see NHL ceiling for him. You know, um, because while we're at it, talking about the defense, Logan
0: Stanley's at a real interesting crossroads, I would say. Um Listen, straight up, he got passed last year on the depth chart by De- by uh, Dylan Sandberg. And I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Now, maybe there's the opportunity for him to pass somebody else. But again, you've got experienced players. You've got veteran contracts. You've got all that. There's a lot into it. And then you've got these younger players that seemingly are ready to challenge for playing time there as well. Um, Murat, like, where are you on... Logan Stanley's situation coming into camp, what he can do to help his cause, but also what happens if he doesn't?
3: Yeah, I think he's in a similar situation in terms of what I would be looking for him to do at training camp as when he first broke into the NHL, which was a bit of a surprise. I mean, um, I think that, that shortened season, the Canadian division year where Logan Stanley had a really strong rookie season on the third pair. I think that was the best case scenario for that season. And the way that he impressed, in my mind, you know, everybody talks about his size and they see his size and, you know, he's willing to drop the gloves sometimes too. So he's willing to stand up for his teammates. That's great. But they imagine that this is going to be a guy who dominates the game physically and that's how he's going to have a success at the NHL level. The thing that he did, you know, best for him uh, that cemented that NHL job in the first place was he made smart outlet passes. He made quick turns and he got away from pressure and he avoided four checkers and he made his first pass to good spots that put pucks in good situations. And he was able to do that throughout training camp that that year. He was able to do that on the third pairing as well. And I think that it's that sort of thing that helps just cement the fact that he's more than his size. And I think he's a bit miscast as a bruiser just because he's so big. Um, And that's what I'm going to be looking for for him. In addition to that, um, you know when the when training camp uh, thins out, I should say, and it's a less minor leaguers and more NHL players. He's going to have to show that he and whoever his partner is can negotiate the reads and when there's switches that they have to navigate. Nobody's leaving somebody open. He's not getting beat back door because I think um, I think that he's solid on the puck and I believe in him to make those sorts of outlet passes. But there are certain situations where I think he's still getting beat by. Uh, by missed coverage situations. And I think that's what moved him off of the third pair last year and would need to improve for him to be a full-time NHLer for me. Um, I, I agree with you on all of that. I do wonder if um,
0: like, if there's a way that if Logan Stanley um, just goes in and maybe comes in looking like a, a, a different guy when it comes to his aggressiveness, his physicality, I mean, listen, we know the dude is 6'7", but I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I've watched pretty much uh, every game that the guys played. Not too often where it really seems like he plays big, if you know what I mean. Um, I wonder if there is a way, um, because we know why they drafted him. I mean, they thought that he had a lot of tools. They thought he could turn into a player that could be an absolute menace on the ice. Um I do wonder whether there's a way that he realizes that in a lot of ways this is a crossroads and maybe comes out with a uh, with a different look and maybe tries to do some things whether they come naturally to him or not that put him in a better spot to uh, compete for more playing time.
3: Yeah, just get yourself noticed, right? And get yourself noticed for good reasons. Um, he has that in his toolkit. I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think it comes natural. I think that that's not necessarily the way he would idealize playing the game, but he has it in his toolkit. He's capable of it. And Um, I also believe, you know what? He's a really popular teammate. Guys like him. He gets along. Like He's a very affable dude. People people like him. Last year in the press box, he's always joking around with the other guys up there and things like that. Some of the smaller windows that we get into that, I think he's really well thought of amongst his teammates and guys say good things about him. So if he can show everybody that he's willing to make the hit, drop the gloves, block the shot, all those cultural symbols of I'm there for you, He's going to get noticed, and I know Rick Bonus values those things too. It's just a matter of how high up in the lineup he can play when there's guys that you know can do a little bit more with the puck or better, better with his defensive reads.
0: Yeah, um, you know, well, what one thing? um, I mean, one thing when it comes to to Big Stan is that um, listen, he's a very polarizing player. I mean, you just look at Chat. Some people have been done with him for a while. There's others that really do believe in him, Um, and the one thing that I think. Well, tell me if you disagree. Um, even though you know he didn't have a great season last year and only played in 19 games, if Logan Stanley hits the waiver wire, I don't think there's any question that there's at least one team in the National Hockey League that makes a claim in and tries to see if he can do something different wherever uh, wherever it is
3: outside of Winnipeg. Completely, absolutely, he's he's on that threshold of player to be sure. I mean, he's you know he has capability, all of those sorts of things. Most importantly, mm-hmm. he's unique. Right, I think that a lot of teams have a lot of players in their pipeline that you know have you know similar skill sets. Logan Stanley is the sort of player who is not replicated on a lot of teams' depth and everyday NHLer or yet, or we don't know if he has top four ceiling or or what have you. If that guy hits, you can be optimistic about it. You can say that hey, there's some diversity in the in the prospect pool as well, and I think that that has appeal. People want to believe that the six foot seven player with with that sort of good attitude and ability and all those sorts of things can grow into who they hope he will.
0: Uh, Murat, we can't have you on without talking about the big news of yesterday. And that of course is there's a new captain in town and that is Adam Lowry. And Again, we had a little bit of an aborted visit with Adam earlier due to the uh, WST audio gremlin wreaking havoc of our connection between Adam and us. He has been kind enough to both text back with profuse apologies about the connection and will join us again on Friday, so it uh, should work a little bit better. But you got a real good piece in the athletic, folks. You should go there and check it out right now. What new captain? What new Jets captain? Adam Lowry can achieve in the role. Um, you know, people can read the entire article for your for themselves. But um, you know, what what were your thoughts? Were you at all surprised? I mean, we've been talking about this is a two horse race that there really was no bad option to be honest between Adam and Josh. Um, what did you think about the announcement and, um, you know, everything that came with it yesterday down at Does CLC? Yeah,
3: no surprise at all. Um, I think that the last time that we talked about it as a theoretical thing, we made the same discussion. Two great choices. And, uh, you know, I was leaning Adam Lowry at that time. And, you know, I think it's an excellent choice for the team. I, I really, really do. Because I think of what what sort of culture they've been looking to change or establish or whatever buzzwords you want to hide it behind. A year ago, they took the captaincy away from one of their longtime best players. They didn't have a captain for the entirety of the season, gave it to a group of A's, and spoke very openly about wanting to add inclusivity, wanting to make it um, so that more people felt that their voices were heard in the room, that the group would be bigger and bigger, opening up the leadership. Well, I think disposition-wise, that's an area where Adam Lowry has a tremendous strength. And it's something that I go back to, you know, being new on the beat, not even a full-time guy yet, a, just um, a, a freelancer. Somehow I forgot the word. It's been so long. I'm getting old. But walking into that building, and he was the first jet that I interviewed. And, you know, I mentioned it to a security guard. And, you know, the security guard says, you know what? He treats us first class. He's a wonderful human being. And then later you hear from other staff members within the team, um, other staff members of the building. The guy is first class and how he addresses everybody. You see his consistency, you see a humble nature, you see the way that he's willing to drop the gloves and do all of those sorts of things that in hockey mean I care about you. Um, and I think that he's an absolutely excellent choice for a team that needs to be a bit more democratic, a little bit more inclusive, a little bit more welcoming to young players, all of those sorts of things. I think he's the symbol of a guy that can do exactly that for the team while also being there for them on the ice in some key moments.
0: No, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. And I mean, you know, it, it it's funny you brought up that example of uh, just how he treated you very early on. Um, and, you know, people like the ushers in the security guard, I mean, like you can learn a lot about people when nobody's watching. I mean, it's one thing to, 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 do whatever and be on your best behavior when you know you have to be it, when you know the spotlight is on. Um, But I think you really are able to tell the true character of a person when the lights are down a little bit. And the one thing that Adam Lowry, I mean, I can certainly say this from my personal limited experience with Adam, but more importantly, some of the people that let's face it, maybe haven't been treated as well by others at other times, gush about him and, not only is that just an incredible leader to have, but also at a great example to be set, especially as so many young players are scheduled to come into this organization. Um, but also a guy that I think, you know, they, uh, I think they're going to be very proud to have Adam Lowry, that captain. And, you know, in the good times and the bad times, you know, what you're getting with Adam Lowry, it's genuine, it's authentic, it's honest. Um, And there's something to be said about having a person like that as being, in a lot of ways, the face of a team.
3: Yeah, I think that it's important to have somebody who you can believe in as an ambassador for the club. And Winnipeg's been good on that front. I mean, Blake Wheeler's involvement with cancer care and some of the -the behind-the-scenes stories that I have not been able to share about things that I've learned about nice things he's done in the city. The guy was a great community member. And I think that that will be something that Adam Lowry. Will be, ta- will be tasked with and I think that the organization is very proud to name him as an ambassador as they would have with some of the other options you know, as well. With, with Lowry, I go back to a story that he told me on the phone last year when we were talking about the Toba Center and all the advocacy that the Toba Center does for children who have experienced abuse. This is an organization that Lowry was just starting to get involved with last summer and now he's, <laughs> growing. he's really trying to draw attention to it and help them fundraise, help them do the things that they do. Um, the way that that partnership began, and I've mentioned this in the piece, I've mentioned this at The Athletic before, is that Mark Chipman tapped him on the shoulder one day late in the 2021-22 season and said, hey Adam, um, look, I've got an opportunity that, you know, could be a really good fit for you. You know that, you know, Mark shifley has got Scheife's Healthcare Heroes, you know that Josh Morrissey's doing so much work with Dream Factory and his own foundation as well, Class half full. Blake Wheeler does all of this cancer care initiatives. And he's doing so many charity pieces. You know, wouldn't it be good if you stepped up into that echelon as well? I've got a great opportunity. Let's talk about it. All right, would you be interested? Larry says, "Of course, I'm going to hear more from you know Mark Chipman's asking me about this." And then he, you know, the hooks were in. He learned more. He wanted to get more involved. All those sorts of things. But when somebody at you know towards the very very top of the organization handpicks you to join a group of people who represent the club in that kind of role. I think it says a whole lot about how you're viewed within the organization i think it's going to be an area where lowry particularly excels he has that warmth that a uh, humility and the ability to take highs and lows and still present a you know a good version of himself because he comes by it very honestly and if i can add another layer to that yet you know yesterday during a quiet moment amongst the glitz i found mark chipman and i said hey you know Adam told me this story once. Like, I got to know what you think about it cuz every time I think about it, I think you knew on that day that someday you could be the captain. And, you know, you know, would that be a fair interpretation? And he says, "Absolutely. That would be fair." I mean, you know, our scouts told us when we drafted him in 2011 that he could be our captain someday. And you know, there was just so much pride, so much pride particularly in his leadership style, the way that he puts others above himself, service-based leadership that I think he is exactly the type of disposition that the Jets organization on the ice, off the ice, wants to, wants to show itself as, and, and grow it, grow forward with.
0: You know, Murat, when we were talking with Adam briefly earlier, and again, we're going to revisit that, um, hopefully with better connection on Friday. Um, uh, the last question I asked him was about Josh Morrissey and his relationship, but I sort of prefaced it with, Hey dude, we've been talking about this for the last six months and, to be honest it's been like a coin flip 50-50 um like literally when we've done polls that you know you know people would be really happy with both guys but you know there was no wrong answer um but i did ask about their their uh you know relationship and you know what if anything changes with him being the c they were both very prominent leaders doing tons of media last year and he sort of got into telling well actually josh is away representing the jets in vegas right now and He's dog-sitting his dog ace and taking Brown. So they're obviously very close. But, I mean, we'll kind of talk more about that from and get the words right from his mouth. But how do you think that um, if anything changes? Not, not between those guys, if you say it. But, I mean, last year they were both A's. There was no captain. Um, but they both did a lot of the heavy lifting. What do you think about that kind of dynamic between those two? And I have to admit, the more I've thought about it through yesterday... I think this might be a good thing for Josh Morrissey as much as he would be deserving and a great guy to wear the C. The one thing, I mean, Adam Lowry went through a huge slump last year, was still out there all the time. And, you know, didn't, didn't wear it as much when the team was struggling later on in the year. I think Josh was really feeling the weight of not just himself, but an entire organization as things were sort of fading away. And in some ways, I think this might be a, a, a perfect arrangement of two guys that are clear leaders on the team on and off the ice. Um, but having Adam with the C might put Josh in a better position to to really succeed in what's most important for him, and that's being a number one defenseman on a team that leans on him a hell of a lot.
3: You know, as I made the same read, I think that there is, you know, as as amazing as it must be to be in their shoes, in their skates, have the jobs that they do, have the opportunities that they do, there's an emotional cost to certain roles that they play and uh, being a leader on a team like Winnipeg that you know that did slump last year that did go through some dark times and you know I remember you know I remember feeling as though I thought Josh Morrissey was feeling some of the emotional taxation of that in January and February Um, a little bit of a little bit of sense that like there was some fatigue that came with it and Did he feel that on the inside was, you know, I'm not in his head. I can't say how he felt, but that was my read. And I trusted my read. I believed that the sense that I get as well from Adam Lowry is that he has a little bit, um, a little bit more of an ability somehow to carry those sorts of things. And I I guess we'll find out as he gets asked more and more and more, I know there are some people who think that it would be ideal to give Morrissey that role because he's a more impactful player. He plays higher up in the lineup and, and sometimes that dynamic is good. But I, could, I just go back to, you know, um, Michael Russo of The Athletic sent me audio from an interview yesterday in Vegas where Josh Morrissey was asked, hey, um, you know, what do you think of Adam Lowry's captain? Of course, he said a bunch of nice things. Another reporter asks, is there any disappointment in this for you? Because, you know, you, you were a good candidate for it as well. And the honesty with which Morrissey says, well, yeah, you know what, I, I try to be a good leader as well. And it's something that, you know, I would have loved to have happen for me. But this is a good day for the Winnipeg Jets. I know Adam Lowry, and here is why it's a good day for the Winnipeg Jets. I included all of that in my piece as well that you mentioned earlier. And I just think that this the, the dynamic between those two guys is going to work just fine. Had, had Lowry been a less excellent choice for, for the position, or had there been a different dynamic at play, maybe you might get some of that. But, uh, but not with the particular people that these guys are.
0: No, it's uh, great stuff. Brot, listen, thanks so much for doing this. Uh will let you like get back to the festivities at Canada Life Center. And uh, can't wait to see you down at the rink very soon because uh, hockey season is back and uh, gets underway big time next week. Fan Fest, of course, a week Saturday. Going to be a fun few weeks as we get closer and closer to that October 11th puck drop in Calgary for game one of 82. Thanks for doing this and uh, love the piece on the new captain in the Athletic. Thank you for having me. Always loving us. Good stuff at WPG Marat folks and get that athletic sub. If you want to get all of Marat's great content covering your Winnipeg Jets. All right, we're going to get into a little NFL with Matt bird around coming up, but let me first thank our friends at princess auto proud sponsors of the bombers and Winnipeg sports talking the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new. Is it Princess Auto? Visit us online or in store today, and they'll help you make it work. Panit Road, Portage Avenue, and of course, online at princessauto.com. Um, the gang at Consolidated Supply been so good to us. Obviously, they created really the Marbles Tournament of Champions as well last December, but they are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, golf carts, is the exclusive club guard dealer in Manitoba. And have some other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And when you're in need of small engine parts or repair, they're the leaders in that as well. There's so much Consolidated Supply has going for you. Pop by and see them and their showroom. Open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. All right, gang, mark it down. This Saturday... The return of the world-famous Royal Sports tent sale. Thousands of pairs of shoes, pieces of merch. It's all going to be out on the tent, and it'll all be at least 50% off. The deals have to be seen to be believed. I believe they're opening up and getting going at 10 a.m. Get there early, but... Even if you're there on Sunday, I'm sure there'll still be an incredible amount of merch because there's nobody that has stock like Royal Sports. The famous tent sale coming up on Saturday, this weekend. And while you're at it, check out their bomber gear, NFL merch with all 32 teams represented, tons of Jets gear, and the best hockey selection in town, Royal Sports Seven Fifty Pembina Highway, and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina. And uh, oh man, I had a great time with the boys down at Boston Pizza on Monday for the return of Monday Night Football. Great deals for on Monday nights at your local BP. Uh, you can win jerseys, uh, trip at the end of the year. And of course, win, lose, win your bet, lose your bet, fantasy league, whatever. You're always a winner with the ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. Staying in, you can order online at bostonpizza.com. We're going to be uh, talking a little NFL with my guy, Matt Verram who is now moving on up, going to Sports Illustrated. And, uh, I mean, Matt, it's uh, Huss from Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. We've had a bang-up show. It is great to have you on live with us here in the Peg. Uh, hey, listen, just before we get into week one, I'll look ahead to week two. Congratulations on uh, the new gig, NFL. It's the first time we've been able to introduce you with NFL staff writer at Sports Illustrated and at SI now. Congrats on that. How are you? Uh, how are you enjoying the new role at SI?
4: Thank you. It's been great. It's great. I'm glad they haven't uh, wisened up yet and fired me. So it's, uh, it's been good. Um, I uh, was out week one at Arrowhead covering the Lions and uh, that was a fascinating game right down to the wire. So hopefully every game I cover this year will be that close.
0: Yeah, it certainly was. And, we'll listen, I mean, you can, uh, we, You mentioned the Chiefs, so let's get to that right off the bat. Um, You know, good news for them going into a very tough game on the road in Jacksonville against a good Jags team. Chris Jones is back. I would imagine we'd assume Travis Kelsey's back. But I, I have to ask you, as someone that's covered this team for so long in the league, how in the world does the Chiefs, but more importantly, Kadarius Toney, get over what the hell happened on Thursday night?
4: Yeah, look, I think the team's looking over is fine. That, that team, they've lost the Bulls, they've lost the AFC title game. They'll still be fine. But Tony, I think it's more an individual. Tony's got to be able to get his mind right. And he spoke on Wednesday at a presser, and then he said all the right things. And that's fine. But, you know, look, it's not, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's just concerning when you know, he plays the way he played on Thursday, and then he's making fun of the Giants on Instagram on Sunday, like, Bro, you dropped four passes and cost your team that football game. I mean, there's no way around that. Dropped the pass that turned into a pick six. He dropped the pass that would have put them in field goal range to win the game at the end. Um, he was the main reason they lost that game. And Sky Moore certainly is probably reason of two. But, look, I think the odds they dropped that many passes again in any year are pretty low, let alone in back-to-back week. I think they just have to simply go out and execute, especially – uh, if Kelsey's back, and Jones will be back. So, uh, you know, they're fine. They got lucky. The Bengals lost. The Bills lost. The Chargers lost. Um, but, yeah, they need to clean up some things. Better.
0: You know, just on the Chiefs, and listen, as a Chiefs guy, I'm fired up to get Chris Jones back, and the team probably looks a lot different with, to Travis Kelsey. And, and, listen, maybe it was because it was just so bananas, the game that Tony had and, and how that contributed to them losing to the Detroit Lions, but I have to wonder, I just want your perspective on, is their wide receiver room good enough to get to where they want to be, which, of course, is holding that Lombardi again?
4: Yeah, as long as Kelsey's healthy, yeah. And if he's not healthy, then no. Um, but, I mean, they they won the Super Bowl last year with a lot of the same guys. Justin Watson, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Marius Toney, Guy Moore, they were all there last year. True. True. Um, and then they added Richie James. and They added Richie Rice, who actually played well. Rice was really the most reliable in the game. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I didn't think. I mean, it's not, look. If I had to pick a Super Bowl winner right now, I pick them. They're the best team in football. Um, I mean, I look at it like this: they played that game against a team I picked to win the NFC North, and believe will win the NFC North without Chris Jones, without Travis Kelsey. They dropped by not by my count nine passes. They had a pick six as a result of one of those drop passes, and they lost by a point. I mean, most teams against Detroit who play like that are losing by 20. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. They need to be healthy, and if he's healthy, they're as they're the dangerous as they ever been.
0: Matt Verder, I'm with us from SI, getting ready for week two in the NFL. You mentioned that NFC North. Listen, I'm high on the Lions, too. I think they can be much better. Um, but what did you make of just the the NFC North at all with the brilliant performance of Jordan Love, the face plant by the Bears, and the Vikes losing to Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers at home?
4: Yeah, I mean, just a a weird, weird week all the way around, but in the NFC North, I mean, look, Minnesota, everybody thought would regress some, and I'm not going to overreact. It's one game, but saw that. They, you know, they had a one-score game for last year. They were 11-0 and in the regular season. Then they go and they lose to Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers at home. And look, Tampa did nothing on offense in that game. Nothing. But it didn't matter because Cousins had three turnovers. And Vikings don't have the margin for error against anybody to do that. Um, and then you look at the Bears. I saw the Bears firsthand in training camp during my camp tour. In fact, I saw everybody in that division. The bottom line is the Bears are not yet as talented as Green Bay. They're not. I mean, I, I think when you look at that team, you look at a team, frankly, just doesn't have a whole lot of ability. And so they have to play perfectly. They, they play far from perfect on Sunday. The Packers, I think, are a playoff team. I thought that going into the year, I saw them in those days. I saw them at training camp. I think they'll be up and down. I think Love will be up and down. But I like the talent. I love the coach. I think the Packers are going to win their nine games. In the AFC, that wouldn't be good enough. The NFC very well might be.
0: Yeah, certainly the balance of power right now favors um, the AFC, although one of those AFC teams took the monster hit. I mean, I I I think you're originally a New York guy, aren't you? I mean, you probably know a lot about the long-suffering Jets fans the incredible excitement going into that game, Rodgers leading the team out with the American flag on 9-11 and then being gone in 75 seconds. I I still can't believe it, but um, maybe you touch on the incredible way they won that game, but where this leaves the Jets as a team with a hell of a lot of good players, a phenomenal defense, and Zach Wilson, a quarterback.
4: It leaves them out of the playoffs because then i not making the playoffs in that conference with Zach Wilson. I, I think in our industry always this idea of like well how could this happen how could You so know, what what would make this go right, nothing's making this go right nothing, they lost their quarterback, their four time MVP quarterback for the year they're not going to the playoffs next, I, I mean look, I love their defense and I think Salva's a coach but they don't have an offensive line and they don't have a quarterback, I mean let, let's call it what it is, on Monday night they did not win that game as much as the Bills just donated it. Josh Allen couldn't stop throwing balls in a double cup. I mean, that's, the Bills could have just knelt down on the ball for the last half of that game. And they would have won. Um, that's, give them all the credit in the world. Fought hard that he allowed that injury to them. But Zach Wilson's not going to beat Dallas. He's not going to beat Kansas City in a week or he's not beat Philly in week. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, the reality is a team that really did have true contender status is now a team that, hey, look, your goal is to try to find some way to. And I obviously am very doubtful they can do it. Uh, but it's a crushing blow. It's a game. It could have been a very exciting year. You're right. I am from that area. I have a lot of friends from that area who are Jets fans who just basically feel like it's the same old Jets. And it, it's. It's unfortunate, but it is their reality right
0: now. Are there any, and we always hear about these old dudes that have played for a while that certainly come in with a ton of experience that may or may not be able to play. I mean, in your mind, Matt, are there any realistic options on the free agent market for the New York Jets that could potentially get them into the playoffs? No, unfortunately no. I
4: mean, because, listen, Who's out there? Matt Ryan, he's done. You know, I saw something from Philip Rivers. Over so has retired for years. He's not, he's not coming back, and playing by that line. Like, Tom Brady's not walking through that door. Um, Carson Wentz, he's probably been. But I got to tell you, again, being in that area of the United States, I can't imagine <laughs> Carson Wentz playing in that area. I mean,. <laughs> Carson Wentz in Arizona, sure, sign me up. Carson Wentz, where every time he throws a, a borderline bad pass, that, that from everybody in the stadium, no, I don't think that's going to work out. So, look, I think if you're the Jets, you go to Zach Wilson and say, hey, Zach, you're our guy. Believe in you. Even if you don't believe, it, you have to project how believe in you. We believe we've developed you. We believe you've taken steps. And we're, we're asking you to go out and make the throws, the occasional intermediate throw. We're going to run the heck out of the ball. We're going to play great defense. And you just cannot make big mistakes. And look, some weeks that will be good enough for them. Other weeks, come on. Other weeks, you're playing the Phillies and the Dallas. And it's not going to be enough. But against New England, that might be enough. Against Denver, that might be enough. And that's how they're going to have to win games. not going to win them a Super Bowl. But if Wilson makes easy plays and avoids disasters, that's their path to the playoffs. If they
0: can find it. Matt, it's a long way from Zach Wilson on the quarterback power pole up to the likes of Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, but both of them had miserable week ones. Uh, uh, is, do you have legitimate concern for either situation, or is that just one bad game and these guys will be back to where we expect them to be near the top of the quarterback mountain very soon?
4: I don't have any concern about Burrow. You know, look, and I watched every snap of that game. He was atrocious. The Bengals were atrocious. But I think a lot of that was really struggled in the rain. It was a day where it was pouring in Cleveland. He was wearing – first, he didn't have a glove on. Then he had a glove on. Then the glove came off. I mean, he, you know, when he came out in the draft, one of the things was he does have smaller hands. And while I, I don't put a lot of stock into that stuff, I do think the ball gets like it matters. He had a hard, this is very obvious. He had a very hard time tripping this ball. Um, I think he'll be fine against Baltimore. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he went out Play Allen, I, I guess I'd middle my answer by saying, look, I still think at the end of the year he's going to have very good numbers. But, and I wrote about this of Sports Illustrated, my reaction to the game. My big concern with him is, we've seen this. He does this. He does this a lot. Where he does not understand the situation. And he plays hero ball, and you know on Monday night they didn't need him to play hero ball. They needed him not to make a crushing mistake, and he made four of them, three of which came in the second half. Cannot do that. It cost them that football game, and so that he would be my bigger concern. And as a team, the Bills would be my much bigger concern because the Bills have a lot of talent. But if you think back over recent I mean, the game on Monday night, the Vikings game last year, the game against the Jets last season where he threw a couple of bad picks and they lost to Zach Wilson. Here prior to that where they lost to Urban Meyer and they lost that 13 seconds in the city where all they've got to do is play defense for a dozen seconds to change They couldn't do Like They have had coaching lapses. They've had quarterback lapses. That, that war is no, I still think they're a playoff team. They'll put up a lot of numbers, but like when they play better teams, big spots, those tendencies have reared their head for the Bills. And I have a feeling that if they don't correct it, it'll happen again.
0: Matt Verderam Sports Illustrated with us. Uh, Matt, this has been awesome. Just quick thought on uh, tomorrow night's uh, Thursday Nighter between the Eagles, who were a little sluggish in their win over the Patriots. And obviously, yep. we touched on the Vikings already with that unfortunate home loss.
4: Yeah, I think the Eagles win. Look, I I don't think Minnesota is as much of a dead fish in the water. Some people have made him out to be. Uh, I saw them in camp. I really like their offense. But the defense, even with Flores as their new coordinator, it's going to be a work in progress. The Eagles, short week, at home, really talented. And it's one of those wins where if you're Sirianni, you'll one, but you still get into your team about it. Um, I think Minnesota's going to end up fighting for a playoff spot when it's all said and done, but I don't think it's going to. Start on Thursday. I think Philadelphia is a much better
0: game. Matt, great stuff. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're out to check in on the pack up. Just fill people in on uh, your new home at Sports Illustrated and uh, where they can find all the content that you and the team's putting out.
4: Yeah, uh, you can check out. I'm on the Monday Morning Quarterback podcast, which goes out every week. Uh, a couple episodes every week. I'm on one of them. Uh, I have my quarterback rankings on SI.com every week. I break down some all 22 film. That post went up today. Have a rookie stock watch, stock up, stock down. That's a fun way of looking at who's maybe who's struggling. And then on Sunday, I have my big column. goes up as the games are finishing up. So it's live. It's immediately, re- like, and I mean literally within 30 seconds of it. like immediate reaction to every single game uh, within sight from the league itself. So hopefully people enjoy that. Of course, you can follow me at my name, Matt Bertaram, on Twitter.
0: Dude, thanks very much. Drive safe. Appreciate your time. Enjoy week two, and uh, keep up the great work at your new home at SI.
4: Thanks a lot. Take care.
0: Right on. There is Matt Verderam. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Matt Verderam, and be sure to check out his work at SINow uh, and Sports Illustrated.com. Man, that was fun, and I'm looking forward to week two tomorrow night. Big game for the Vikes. They got massacred in Philly last year, earlier in the season, though. I'm not sure we'll be seeing a different script sort of leaning with uh, with Matt on that one. Uh, all right. Um, listen, uh, our friends at Little Brown Jug are fired up, and they are looking forward to hosting all of us tonight. Sports trivia, 7 p.m. We'll see you there. Um, shout out to everyone that picked up tickets in advance. I'm not sure whether there's going to be any additional seating available Um, But you might want to pop by and see if there is. But again, thank you to everyone that uh, helped us fill the place. And again, beautiful weather out. Just keep an eye uh, Know that. You know, we want to bring a jacket because I think we're going to be doing this out on the patio tonight. Uh, Can't wait for some delicious beers and can't wait to uh, drop these questions on you and have a great time with the WST crew. Of course, uh, the new Hazy Pale Ale is out right now. We can try those tonight. Um, It is uh, Hazy IPA. It's just launched. It's available in the tap room, so you can try that tonight and available soon at LCS and vendors. And hey, listen, we've been drinking that generic lager all week or or all summer long. Um, They're doing a generic campout night. Kind of a a fun party coming up on Saturday the 15th from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., Special pop up guests, camp themed beer, discounts on gear. Uh, you can find out more information on that over at the Little Brown Jug Instagram page. And again, get ready the Nuit Blanche street party, biggest party of the year. Little Brown Jug blocking off the street on a Hargrave on September 23rd. That's FanFest night, but that's starting at 6 p.m. until late. At Little Brown Jug on on uh, um, uh, over on Hargrave is where they're shutting it down. At Little Brown Jug Brewing on Instagram for all the latest news out of LBJ. I've got to thank our friends at Breezy Bend for their support all season long. It's be a nice day to get a post work round, but uh, we're busy because we're going to be down at LBJ. Uh, we got Ryder Cup to talk about coming up in a couple weeks. But in the meantime, if you are looking for a great long-term home for you and your family at Winnipeg's one of Winnipeg's finest private courses, Breezy Bend is the spot. Talk to our man, Corey Johnson, for more information on the 2024 waiting list. And you can also find out more online over at BreezyBend.ca. And hey, a big shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake. We're just finishing up the season If you're looking for a world-class fly-in fishing experience where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens Lake is the spot. Find out more on 2024 Bookings at Aikens Lake on Twitter and, of course, AkinsLake.com. All right, let's get Remo back in here, and uh, and we will get to uh, horse picks at the end of the show Huge Jays game tonight, which we'll talk about in our cool bet lines. Got to wait one more day for football, but you um, know, well, great stuff with uh, with uh, with Marat. And um, as I say, I mean uh, Matt Verder, I'm one of my real favorites. And uh, nice for him, very busy with his new role, running around the country following the NFL to uh, take some time to join us
1: from the road earlier today. Yeah, he was in the car as you said, heading to Milwaukee, checking out uh, practice there, and what's going on with the Packers. So, uh, we, hey, we busier days, a lot of topics. The Chisholm signing, amazing how much we can get out of talking about who's gonna be the Jets' what seventh, eighth defense when we're at going in, de- in detail about Logan Stanley, what's gonna happen with him, uh, Villahenila in the mix, Capo Bianco, who is grabbing. Uh those spots, and also uh Chas Lucius saying he's getting annoyed talking about all his injuries, but then getting into detail about all the injuries. What a great guy as well, and uh, yes Adam hey, w- you know what might not Adam happen
0: w- in four or five years, but uh you know as young players rookies you wanna put your best foot forward, and um certainly most important they'll wanna do that on the ice, uh, but we'll have more on the uh Tournament coming up. We'll check in with Jamie Thomas, who's going to be there reporting for Jets TV, and uh, much more on the Jets as we uh, go through. Although you did mention, Rima, we talked a lot about Adam Lowry's being named captain. And again, Lowry, we're going to reconnect with Adam Lowry on Friday's show, Um, so join us on then. But uh, one person that we didn't hear from was Kevin Sheveldayoff, who did speak a little longer yesterday uh, about the selection of um, the new leader of the locker room, if you will, amongst uh, many.
1: Yes, uh, Kevin Shalvadov addressing uh, I guess the media in a nice scrum after. You Want me to just rip through a couple of these?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, hear a little bit from Chevy before we get to the cool bet lines. Can't hear enough
1: about our team and of course the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Here he is discussing Adam Lowry, new captain of the Winnipeg Jets.
5: Well, you know, I've had the fortune of watching Adam play since we drafted him in 2011. You know, He was our second pick in that year, and and, uh, I've seen him grow. I've seen him play at at many different levels, both at junior and at the American League level. I saw the level of leadership and, and, uh, you know, what he provided at both of those levels, and you could tell at that point in time that, you know, he had some special qualities in him, and, and, um, you know, he's a guy that's, that's earned his right to be in the National Hockey League. He's a player that um you know he'd probably be the first to tell you he's not the most skilled he's not gonna you know break the bank on the point side of it but what he brings um you know to a team what he brings to a locker room um, what he brings to a franchise what he brings to a city uh, those are all the things that um, you know you want and um, he leads by example and he drags a lot of people along with him what he plays and, and how he
2: plays his commitment to this franchise like you said
0: all right, a little bit of Chevy on uh, on Adam Lowry being named the captain, and uh, I mean, listen, I don't think uh, not not that that's really news to anyone, but it is always interested to see uh, interesting to see, you know, the respect that Lowry's had, and I think we've heard that over the years, um, but now um, you know a little bit more of a uh, an official rec- uh, recognizing of what Adam Lowry's brought to this team, and uh, now the job going forward um, to be more the face of the team as well.
1: Yes, and you heard him um, say, you know, Lowry knows not you're not the most skilled guy on the team. He's not going to be scoring, you know, 100-point-per-game uh, point seasons, but he goes out there, works hard, and has the respect of his teammates. Uh, Rennie was cut off, and he was talking about how um, he was— I don't have that clip, but he was just asking about uh, Lowry making the commitment to the Jets a couple years ago, but Chevaldeff was asked later, Hus, about the decision process that went in, and, you know, they had a number of great— candidates to choose from and how Lowry ended up uh, being, I guess, the winner of the captain election.
5: There was lots of, uh, you know, lots of things that went into this. Uh, Bones, um, you know, spent the the greater part of the summer talking to, I think, pretty much all the players. Um, You know, we had been in constant contact, uh, you know, with with management, obviously, you know, talking with ownership, keeping them abreast. But, um, you know, again, it's evaluating all those conversations. But I, I can't emphasize enough, you know, just the the, um, the importance of, of of the process that we went through and how tough it was, you know, like. As easy as it is to say that Adam obviously deserves this, um, we have a lot of deserving candidates in that room. And, and um, you know, again, the leadership group, you know, of Josh and, and Scheif are going to be, you know, invaluable. Um, but it's going to be a greater leadership group as well. I think, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, that we've started to incorporate here is the inclusiveness of, of everybody. This is everybody's team. You know, Adam's going to be in charge of leading that. But, um, you know, he, a player like Josh Morrissey, we all know how important he is. A player like Mark Scheifele, we all know how important. It is to, this, to the success of this franchise, and, and ultimately, that's what we're looking for right now.
0: All right, General Manager Kevin Day off on uh, Adam Lowry and uh, the decision that came down. Uh, you know what? Listen, I, I know he mentioned market as well. Rick Bonus spoke about that as well yesterday and said that you know it was interesting. I don't know whether this is a slip or not, but Bones did say, yeah, we had a couple really good candidates. Um, but listen I mean anyone paying attention is known this was going to come down to 44 or 17 Adam Lowry is the guy and uh, we'll look forward to talking to him a little bit more about that coming up on uh, on Friday on uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, Reem uh, here uh, I'm interested to hear from Chevy on you know how the rest of the Winnipeg Jets took it I imagine this would be somewhat of a Oh, you know, very popular decision. And as I said, I think it would have been that way, whether they picked Morrissey or Adam Lowry. But a number of the teammates were there. Uh, Here's Chevy on how the other players took it.
5: I'm sure there was some levels of disappointment, but there was a tremendous level of professionalism. And, um, you know, Adam is a very, very well-respected, uh, you know, player, not only in the dressing room, outside the dressing room, but around the league as well. Like, he's a, you know, he's a player, I think, that, um, you know, if you talk to other teams as, as to, um, you know, who they respect and who they play, uh, you know, play have to play hard against and have to watch. Know, how they play on a nightly basis. Um, you know, you've got the skill guys that certainly can take, uh, take the games to them. But, um, you know, you've got a player like Adam Lowry that, uh, that steps up for everybody, has everybody's back. And, and I think that uh, the players on our team uh, ultimately respect that.
0: There's uh, uh, Kevin Shevelday off. And, uh, you know, when the other players took it, I meant the other players that were sort of, you know, very much in the mix for the captaincy in particular. Josh Morrissey, uh, one more for Chevy. Um, and this is just uh, more, you know, with the decision being made, you know, the collaboration with the coaching staff on this and other
5: important tasks for uh, the GM. Um, you know, one thing, again, is, is is the way I like to manage is, you know, through collaboration and, and through a lot of conversation. Um, this isn't anyone's, you know, one team. This isn't... Uh, um, you know, this is what we feel is the most important thing to help this franchise move forward, but also, you know, important to the city of Winnipeg. And um, someone has to make the final decisions. And, and you know, I had the honor of being uh, able to step in front of everybody today and and, and announce Adam as a captain. And, and again, um, you know, I was at the table when we were able to have the honor of drafting him. So it, it kind of comes full circle in that regard. And, and it's uh, it's a pretty pretty good feeling for the franchise. So the final decision was yours. Well, final decision, sure. You know, again, the the input. It is, is, you know, comes strongly from the coaches, and, and uh, they're in the room on a daily basis. Obviously, Bones um, had the majority of the conversations with, um, you know, with all the players and talked to them, and, and uh, through the coaching staff. And we've met with the coaching staff. There's, you know, sometimes it doesn't appear like there may be lots of things that goes on during the summertime, but there's, there's lots of things. There's lots of conversations, lots of meetings, um, you know, lots of different discussion about, you know, how you're going to move forward. But um, you know, in the end, ultimately, like I said, I have the, uh, the challenge. And the, and the task to um, you know to, to make the final calls.
0: All right, so there's Kevin shuttlettle day off with the uh, a few comments on uh, you know having the final call but um, obviously I think this was uh, there was a lot of collaboration and a lot of people in that organization, Big Adam Lowry fans and uh, certainly a lot of those with us here on the show today as well. All right, um, we are gonna get to a few picks for. A Downs coming up shortly, but real well, first, let's get to the Coolbet lines. And uh, I know there's a lot of Jays fans in the chat and people listening that realize that this is crunch time. Um, I was doing the lock shop today with Dusty, and we were talking about this game. And our uh, pal Jake from Coolbet let us know that you know running numbers. This is such a massive series for the Toronto Blue Jays, and now these next two games, after dropping the first two, including last night, to Max Scherzer. If the Jays are able to split this series, like win tonight and tomorrow, tonight it's Kikuchi, tomorrow it's Gosman, 80% chance of making the playoffs. If they split these next two games, it is in the low 50s, and if they lose both and get swept by Texas, it goes down to a 50 or 39 percent chance of making the playoffs so this is a big one tonight they don't have to face max scherzer they do have kikuchi on the mound who's had a great season so far but uh, i'm sure you'd agree it is time for the blue jays to step up knock in a few runs when you've got guys on the bases help out this pitching staff
1: and win a couple games well said, Hustler. Uh, hitting with runners in scoring position has been an issue uh, all season. And, you know, one guy I think needs to step up, Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's had a rough, rough uh, second half of the season. So, you know, curious to see how this he is going to be at home, either. Yeah. Like, all his bombs are on the
0: road, it seems.
1: Man, look at his second half. Um, his splits are, are not good. So, uh, this is a guy who needs to be one of their top players. And, Look, like you can't win if your top guys aren't uh, batting guys in or, you know, g- contributing where, you know, where they're best at. So I, I'm, this would be a great series. Nice to have, I mean, this baseball playoffs every day. I mean, the Astros losing to Oakland, but it's Texas who, and Seattle who uh, the Blue Jays are battling with here.
0: Um, Just before we get to these odds, we'll be hitting the football games tomorrow. Obviously CFL, and we'll get to these numbers, but um, they had that great reload bonus last week at CoolBet where even if you were a prior customer for a long time like many of us, um, if you put in 50 bucks, you got it matched um, up to 50 bucks, 100% match. Now that the season is underway, uh, they've got a new promo, Grind the Gridiron, and it's bet and get a free bet. And um, basically, you opt in with bonus code GRIDIRON23, and if you wager 30 bucks Canadian on the NFL, CFL, or NCAA football with minimum odds of minus 200, or if you do the decimals, 1.5, uh, you click it and uh, you'll get a free $15 bet on the following Tuesday of your initial bet being settled. So another great promo over at CoolBet. The uh, bet and get a free bet. It's gridiron Thirty Three. And you're going to want to opt in for that, as I just did. Okay, to the games tonight. Major League Baseball. Toronto Blue Jays. Minus 125 favorites. Texas Rangers, plus 110. If you want a little more analysis on this, Dusty and I kicked it around quite a bit on the lock shop today. But to me, this is a Kikuchi night. Kikuchi's strikeout number is 5.5 tonight. Now, it is minus 147 to the over, but there's a reason for that. He's gone over eight of his last nine games. I don't normally like to bet minus 147s, though, on player props. So I'm staying away from that one. But I do love plus 115 at Kikuchi over 15 and a half outs recorded, which means he's got to get into the sixth inning and get one out. That one's at plus 115, so... I'm riding on that with Kikuchi and the Blue Jays' money line. Minus 128. Other games. Oh, great. Your Mariners, who are tied with the Jays right now, have what I think is basically amounted to a free space on the bingo card in the LA Angels. Minus 294 for the Mariners. That was minus 300 a little earlier. Angels plus 250. Uh, And, of course, head-to-head matchup between these other two teams. It's a three-team race for two spots. Blue Jay fans need to hope for Mariners' losses, Rangers' losses, and Blue Jays' wins. Over to the CFL. Little update on the lines. Slight movement, but Montreal's six-and-a-half-point favorites in Montreal. Riders, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home to the Elks. The Bombers, six-and-a-half-point favorites in Hamilton to take on the Ticats. And the Lions, that have gone up to 10. It's back to 9.5 BC, laying like 9.5 against the Ottawa Red Blacks on, uh, on Saturday afternoon after the Bombers and Ticats play. And, of course, tomorrow night's game actually has moved. Um, this has been seven since it opened. And the Philadelphia Eagles are now 6.5-point favorites. Vikings plus six and a half albeit at minus 115, and the total in that game is 49.0. All available at CoolBet. As I mentioned, they've got that Gridiron 3 bonus that you can opt in and get that free bet on Tuesdays. Uh, but if you haven't played at CoolBet and you're looking for a great spot to uh, bet on the NFL, the upcoming NHL season, all the season props are open, or out there for, for players, although we'll get more coming up very soon. Uh, if you use the promo code WST, when you make your first deposit, get a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on that first deposit. Over with our friends at CoolBet.com. All right, Reem, uh, we got to get to some uh, horse picks before we finish up, and then get ready to head down and see everybody at Sports Trivia Night.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to pick up my wardrobe. I uh, see some people wearing going with the jerseys. For Trivia Night, I don't know. I could nice. rock one of my several Mariners jerseys. We'll, we'll have to see how, how it goes. I don't know. I got glasses now, though. I don't look as cool uh, with, with a jersey <laughs> and glasses. My brother sent me a picture of me looking like uh, Daniel Stern in the movie Rookie of the Year. I don't know if you're famil- familiar with that one.
0: <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, I am.
1: <laughs> uh, that's he a was good one. Of the one. bad guys in Home Alone, too. Yeah, anyways, uh, yes, he was in Home Alone, yeah, but he was the uh, what the one of the bench coaches who, the pitching coach, I think he locked himself in the locker room and and uh, and rookie of the uh, yeah, rookie of the year. That was the Cubs one, not to be confused with Little Big League The early oh, yes. 90s, That was a time where it's like, yeah, kid joins major league team was a. Common is a common Henry movie Rowan
0: Gartner. That would have been a good yeah. trivia question tonight. Who was the young pitcher from rookie of the year oh. for the Cubs? Henry Rowengartner. But we won't uh, we won't go that uh, won't go that way. Um I am uh how did you do anything last night? Uh, uh pick wise at the track?
1: Yeah, I had a winner. I had a winner. I told you, I was going trying to go big with the trifectas, and I hit one. Hey oh uh, race two, a six-dollar this is six one-dollar bets. Paid me thirty-four fifty. Hey, oh, nice! I hit on that was the only one I hit on, and I I watched it live. It was awesome. A lot to like just for Charlotte and True Kate uh, came together, and it was a great race because you know the way that it starts is not always the way that it finishes. That race was <laughs> six furlongs. So I mean, it takes him a while to jockey for position.
0: It certainly does. I had that twenty three eighty uh, parlay Monday, or parlay or uh, triactor on Monday, but I, I didn't have anything last night. So uh, it is incumbent yes upon me to come up with a big, big performance tonight. Um, where, uh, where are you starting with your uh, with your picks today?
1: Uh, not race one. There's only four horses. Uh, More Outlaw got scratched. I'm starting on race three, and I'm going to go the same strategy as as last night. So it worked for me. So uh, are you on race two or race three?
0: Uh, I am. uh, I'm not on until race three.
1: Okay. Race three. Going with two, five, six. Oh, man. Oh, man. Salto, Del Lupo, and Foridable.
0: Nicely done. Tempting for
1: party in my place. Tempting <laughs> to hit that <laughs> one, <laughs> but twenty to one—I don't know how big long shot there.
0: That is a tough one. I'm just checking yeah. out here. Seven and a half furlongs for this one. This uh, this race, race number five. I'm gonna figure out one. Well, you know what? We're gonna go there with Hezaduzi. I just need to finish that final one. Okay, my first wager for today. We are going to race number. Oh no, sorry, I do have race number two. I've got an exacta. Uh, a three five exacta box. So cavore and awfully special three five or five three that's on uh, race number two.
1: Okay I'm on race four just four five six trifecta box uh, Leah's on tune. This is the chalk box Where the money went and Harlan's commission that's look at this difference. you got three horses there pretty clear favorites. And you got three that are not as not as close to them, so
0: that's going to be the six dollar triactor box that pays four seven. Yeah, or I, like I'm that. worried
1: about that. I'm worried about that. <laughs> so uh, I
0: forgot. I do actually have a bet on race uh, three, and uh, it's a uh, one four six. Two of the favorites, and then one a little further back, fi- uh, favorite light. So a uh, one four favorite six, light triactor. <laughs>
1: Should have taken that. Is is that like related to favorite the horse that I bet on before?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure, but favorite. What's the favorite in that one? Uh, we'll see what happens. Interestingly enough, I picked the exact same exactor for race number seven. Or sorry, triactor. But race number five, I've got a uh, four six exactor box. Hezadoozy and the favorite Saxon Saga.
1: Yeah, not on race race five. Did I say mine for race? Four? I don't remember. I said...
0: Oh, maybe not.
1: Oh, no, I just said that. No, I said race four is the chalk box. Oh, Oh, okay.
0: Oh, yeah, perfect. I went back to that. And then
1: uh, you did five. I have six. You have six?
0: No, you have six. I have seven.
1: Okay, six. I just have $2 left. I had to throw it on my horse Drizzy. I know it's a bit of a long shot, but... Gotta do it. As you say, you don't make money putting $2 on... The favorite to make two dollars back, right? So Drizzy's my guy. I'm going with Drizzy.
0: Nice. Um, race number seven. There's a huge favorite in this. McLean's Bella's four to five. Number four is Eagle Express, uh, which is two to one. So I'm going to put both of those in a uh, in a triactor box with one of our old favorites, Savage yes.
1: Love. Yes, I was tempted on Savage Love. Oh one wait, wait. For- I have I have the one. I'm three, four, and seven here. I don't know what I'm doing. Today. One, four, I have this six. one.
0: Well, you, three, four, and seven. So you races? Have Did McLean's I say I had something on a race two? You know what? I lost track of it, but
1: no, I didn't. I have so I have this race two actually. I have one, four, six. McLean's, Bella, Eagle Express, and Savage Love.
0: Oh, so we have the exact same one. All right. Well, listen, let's win that. Let's win that tonight. Yeah. Oh, we so. have the
1: same one. Okay. I. It's clear. I wasn't listening to you at all
0: listening skills very that. important i'm trying role. to
1: read the chat As, um, yeah you, you some people this, are that talking about trivia spent. okay people are talking about trivia in chat yes. and so t will says have a have a good time remember everyone if unsure the answer is always c and then spence <laughs> and then spencey says i took stats in college and my prof always said that when in doubt choose c thing and then the dink gave us an exam with no c answers so i was just Uh, laughing at at that (laughs) oh what a douche move
0: yeah t will also asking whatever happened to hot linda i you know hot linda must be either at a stud farm somewhere or potentially at another track i'm not here not exactly sure
1: yeah, here's uh I found the hockey db equivalent uh, equibase for Hot Linda. Are
0: you serious?
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah, here's Hot Linda's uh, equibase. It hasn't raced this year. Seven starts in 22 and uh one second place finish. And it doesn't say anything. I don't know. Auction history doesn't have has not been sold via public auction. I don't know. It hasn't raced this year. We'll have to talk about... We'll have to email the owner, Arneson Farms.
0: Maybe just go out, hang out with Hot Linda, get a couple rides around the... Uh,
1: the yeah, Zoo well, they're doing... Like oh, my God, it has, like, each owner... B.A.
0: Smith, how dare you? How dare you mention, like, that, those words, which I won't even mention yeah, for Hot
1: Linda. That's getting deleted, B.A. It's a. Smith. morbid.
0: It's morbid. You're almost banned. It's terrible. Terrible.
1: That was... Yeah, that was bad. But anyways, this, uh, this is Equibase. It has, like, each owner's, like, earnings and stuff. This is crazy. I should search up, like, Henry Witt.
0: Yes, the Witts, the Witt horses.
1: He's done pretty well.
0: We disgraced Hot Linda, and now she retired. She's a single mom now. We we don't know. We don't know what's up with them, but she did not go to Japan. She's just still there. We'll do a search for everyone. What is up with Hot Linda? Uh, There still is a few days left of live racing, though, throughout the month. Tonight, 7.30 p.m. Assiniboia Downs, ASDowns.com for more information. 885-3330 if you want oh. to get a spot in the dining room for one of the final days of live racing. Um uh, I'm fired up tonight, though. Uh, looking forward to it. We're going to have a uh, special guest with us that we'll introduce you to that uh, you'll be getting to know a little bit more in future days coming up. But... uh Other than that, Remus, I think I'm pretty much done the questions. I will get all that ready. I hope everyone comes thirsty. And uh, we'll see you tonight. Little Brown Jug, 7 p.m. And I do think that we may have room for a few more people. I guess, Remus, what you were mentioning, there's a few people that bought tickets
1: early on that can't make it now. Yeah, a lot of people keep messaging me saying that they bought tickets and something's came up or they got sicker or can't show up. So if you do want to get a ticket, I know people who can make that happen or show up at the door, I guess, if people yeah, are yeah, to Yeah, yeah, pop by later. there. I mean,
0: as they say, there'll be a few, or uh, if you do have uh, any of them, uh, hmm. I-, I think the easiest thing is if you want to, just email Uh, your ticket or tickets if you can't make it to, you know, a friend that's going to come down or one of the other WS tiers, um, you'll be able to make that happen. And uh, as I say it, I mean, the ticketing is mainly to make sure we've got enough room for everyone. We'd love to have, you know, the more the merrier. Um, but, uh, we'll do that tonight. Bottom line is thanks to for all the support for the sports trivia night and, uh, I will see you there tonight. The questions will be locked and loaded. They will begin at 7 p.m., so try to come a little bit early, get a good spot outside on the patio, and uh, get ready to have some fun tonight on a little Wednesday. And it's your boy Bruce, we are going to miss you. I do know, we didn't know at the time that we were putting this event on the same day as the 50 Cent and Busta Rhymes concert a very unfortunate conflict for yourself, for myself as well. I can't go. I want to be in the club. I want to go to the candy shop. I want to do, uh, you know, listen to many men. Shout out to my guy, Brian Robinson Jr. of uh, the Washington Commanders and many of my fantasy teams. Uh, but, get a little food in you folks and pop on down and see us at 7 p.m. Uh, big thanks to Marat, Matt Verderam as well, and Adam Lowry. And again, the audio gremlin got us a little bit during the Adam Lowry interview, but he will join us on Friday on the program for what should be a great, great episode heading into the weekend. Thank you to all the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. And all of you for making ours, uh, making you us part of yours. Don't forget, four-game Jets ticket pack is on sale right now. Information is in the description. Or go to winnipegsportstalk.com and, sit and hit the link We've opened up some more seats across the aisle, so we've got more room for more WSTers. Folks, that's going to do it for us. Prospects Camp gets underway Friday. We'll talk more about it. We'll have Probably some audio from the rink as well tomorrow. But uh, first things first, ready your brains for some brain-busting sports trivia. We'll see you tonight at Little Brown Jug. Have a great night. Thanks for being with us.
4: Oh, my God! Oh! oh! Shut it down! Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.